Want some candy? You son of a bitch. Welcome to We Came From The 80s, the podcast where we talk about movies we thought were cool. I'm your host, Farron, and today I'm greeted by a man who walked in the door and gave me the most manly handshake to have ever manned. (laughs) Hello, Adam. Hello, Farron. That that handshake has to be, you have to to greet everyone like that. Your girlfriend, your mom, your grandma, little old ladies you meet on the street. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you knock them over. Well, you're going to hold on to them so tight, flex those muscles. That's become so, a meme now, eh? Has it? That handshake is a meme now. It's, well, I'm not uh, surprised. It's uh, The first time I saw it was between the subreddits of prequel memes and sequel memes oh, for Jesus. Star Wars. And, oh, okay. Yes. There's a, there's like this great group out there. There are two guys called the Arl Knots. Uh, they did oh, this yeah. awesome thing called the Schwarzenegger Kill Count, which I think you can still find on YouTube. Yeah. Watch it with the commentary because it's hilarious. Absolutely. And they make fun of the damn thing because it's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's such a, oh, it's not a, it's not a handshake. It's a man shake. Like it's, <laughs> it's absurd. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, but it's endemic of this movie. It really is. You know, and, it, and you it, showed it, me that, that video and it was fantastic. And oh, the, uh, honest trailer they did of. No, 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 the, the oral nuts kill. Oh, account. yeah, oh, you've seen it. You showed me that, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I showed it to a lot of people, and no one ever watches it, but it's, oh, yeah. it's brilliant. Oh, I watched all the, all the kill count videos that you showed me. It was fantastic. Yeah, was and, so and, they, and they mock this handshake. How do you not? It's so over the top, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, that's only 10 seconds of a two hour, actually pretty good movie, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not bad. Actually, yeah, is a, is, a, is a pretty good assessment of both those films. Okay, yeah, yeah. sure, I watched it. It is a film I watched. Yes, but it's yeah. a, is a film I watched. And I don't regret it. Yeah. Oops. So, so this one is. Uh, so this uh, in this podcast we're actually going to do two. Uh, we're doing Predator and Predator Two. Yes. Uh, despite the fact that Predator Two came out uh, in late 1990, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, Predator Two is an 80s movie in every way. Yeah. It was filmed in the 80s. It was written in the 80s. It is a direct sequel to an 80s film. It's got that 80s feel. And even if none of that were true, it's my damn podcast, and I'll do what I want. <laughs> So, so there. So let's do some, let's check out some vital statistics All on right. this. So, so Predator 1 came out on the 12th of June, 1987. It was directed by John McTiernan, who did Die Hard. Yes. Uh, Hunt for Red October. The 13th Warrior. Basic. You ever see that film? No. This is like a Rashomon type film where every character gives you a different recounting of an event. Oh, okay, uh, cool. And it's, it's with John Travolta. And Samuel L. Jackson and huh. Giovanni Ribisi about a murder mm-hmm. in uh, in the middle of uh, a military exercise, and it's one of these movies. It just came and went. Okay, but it's freaking awesome. It sounds awesome. I like you know, that premise. One of these days, I would love to do 
like a whole series of episodes where we just do Rashomon type films. It's named after Rashomon, uh, a movie about a Japanese movie by Akira Kurosawa about a bunch of people talking about the rape and murder of a samurai's wife and the samurai. Okay, and everyone has a different vision of what happened. Uh, so gotcha. the Usual Suspects is a good example of that where you're right. never sure whether you're getting the right story, and yeah. and Basic is like that. Okay. And so McTiernan, like, I mean. You know, it's funny. It happens to be that this week, the Honest trailer, maybe it was last week, the Honest yep. trailer that came out was a Predator. And they talk about John McTiernan. He's the uh, Michael Bay of the 80s, but good. <laughs> but he totally is. He, he makes, really is, yeah. Like, but, of course, he also did the last action hero, so even he makes mistakes. I haven't seen um, that one yet. Don't. Okay. It's bad. It was a scandal in its day. It was, was it really? A, it cost $89 million to make, which was the uh, most expensive movie ever in its day. Really? And it was garbage. What it was, it was a Schwarzenegger movie making fun of Schwarzenegger movies, but they weren't... That might work today, but I don't think. I yeah, yeah I, just, I see where you're coming in from. In the '80s, that just didn't work because they tried to take themselves half serious, and it, it just it was a disaster. The weird self awareness is more yeah. commonplace now. But McTiernan is a kick ass director, right? Um, like I said, Die Hard, Basic, Hunt for Red October, Thirteenth Warrior, with Antonio Banderas. Okay, about a, an Arab. Well, not it's not true. It's not an Arab, a Persian. Excuse me, a Persian mm. who travels to somewhere in the north northern of Europe with 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 Vikings and it's it's a it's a kick-ass film. I, I love it. And it was written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. They actually wrote both films. I'm convinced that one would sleep and the other one would just get up and keep writing and that's it, it's that's possible. why things happened. Um, it, it's possible. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit like the Highlander films. They just keep they just keep going. It's the same group of See, guys. And here's the thing um, is we're recording this after Highlander. Farron, you didn't tell me this was a direct sequel to Highlander. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um, yeah, we won't get into Highlander 2. No, so Predator 2 premiered on 21 November 1990. But look, as far as I'm concerned, that counts as an, If it came out in 1990, it was it filmed was in 89. In 80, yeah. 88, 89. It was directed by Stephen Hopkins. And oh my, what a difference a director makes. I mean, yeah. he did an, he did an okay job. It's just, uh, he's done, he did Lost in Space, like the 1990s re- reboot movie with, I can't think of the guy's name now. Oh, geez, uh, I don't even know. Yeah, it was a, one of the guys from Friends was on it, and Heather Graham was in it, and um, oh, what's the guy's name who played uh, Commissioner Gordon in the Batman, the, the Dark Knight movies? Um, oh, um, what was his name? I can't think of his name. The guy's amazing. One of the best actors out there. Anyway, we know what we're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that guy. He was in it. He he played Dr. Smith. It was a really, really good movie. Right. I'm the only one in the world who liked it. But okay. it was a good film. He did a lot of work in TV. He did a lot of, I guess, directing for the show 24, which yeah. admittedly I never saw. No, neither did I. Um, but, you know, look, this was competently directed, the second one. I have no yeah. issue with it. My issue is the same with the first one, is that all the main characters are assholes. I don't like any of them. Uh, and that's my issue. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, Predator 1 was made for 15 million bucks. And it's funny how many movies we've done in this show that are like 15 million dollar budget. So it seems that's like the standard budget for a movie in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. or at least an action film. Well, yeah. It was filmed in Mexico, by the way. So oh, was same it? as Dune. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was within the jungles of Mexico. That makes sense. So it, it, it but here's the kicker. It, it cost 15 million. It made 98.2 million. Deservedly. Yeah, I think. <laughs> well, I, look, it was Schwarzenegger at his height. Yeah. And it McTiernan, was. At his height. Mm-hmm. So, I think, like, the top of their game. This is a gorgeous film. It, it deserved that. It's a good film. It's really um, pretty. The second movie, shockingly, cost $35 million. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I wonder if a lot of it is that they filmed it in a, like, the minute you film in a in an urban setting, it becomes more expensive. Absolutely. Because and you're paying, you know, you're paying stores to shut down for a week. Yeah. 
you, you, but you're, so you know, you have to go to them and say, well, what, what, you know, what's your profit for the average week? Okay. We're going to have to give you that. And on top of that more, because we're going to blow up your windows and we're going to have to yeah. replace those. And so, yeah, so there's, there's a cost. I have no idea if they filmed this in Los Angeles. I know the movie, uh, Battle, what's it called? Uh, Battle for Los Angeles? Uh, Battle Los Angeles? Battle Los Angeles, which by the way is a kick-ass film. I'm yeah. the only one in the world who likes it. It was filmed in Georgia. There's no way they could film that in Los Angeles. No. Filming in Los Angeles is brutally expensive. Yeah. Um, but 35 million, and I promise you, all that is about filming in the city. Absolutely. So, whereas Predator 1 was made for 15 and made 98, this was made for 35, but only made 57. Hey, um, still turned a profit. It turned a profit, and I'm sure they were happy with that. Yeah. But there's just no comparison. And I, a lot of that, I think, is just the lack of Schwarzenegger. Though, look, Danny Glover, that's no small... No. That's not something... That's not like... He's a good actor. He is, but you can definitely see where the Schwarzenegger slot is in Predator 2 yeah. that's not filled. Funny thing is, in, in the original story for Predator 2... Uh, the Peter Keyes character, played by Gary Busey, you know, the secretive agent, yep. that's supposed to be Schwarzenegger. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Uh, but he wasn't interested in playing second fiddle. Right. Which is too bad, because that would have made for a more interesting plot. It would have made for a much uh, more interesting plot, and a more just interesting character in general, I think. Yeah, Keyes doesn't work really well, though his no. son, Jake Busey, plays Peter Keyes' son in The Predator. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's meant as a nod to geeks like me who saw this film. Mm-hmm. Predator 2 is also, by the way, where they start to hint at the alien versus predator thing. So yeah. I'd always the, thought it was a joke. There's, a, there's this myth that it, there's a joke. Like, it was put in as a, just as a, an in-joke. Turns yeah. out the alien versus predator comics had already started. Oh, um, I always okay. thought they came later. Right. But it turns out I was wrong. No, I so, saw the I saw the skull on the wall, and I thought that was a neat little nod. And that's what I thought it was, too. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there when we get to the, the yeah, scene, absolutely. I guess. So, Predator <laughs> 1 starts Arnold Schwarzenegger, former governor of California. That'd Carl Weathers, who, of course, played Apollo Creed in the in the wonderful yes. Rocky films. Jesse Ventura, who was uh, governor of, was it Minnesota, uh, I think? Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. yeah. Shane Black, who directed Iron Man 3 and The Predator. I'm sorry, Mr. Black, that doesn't bode well for you because they're both bad films uh predator 2 stars danny glover gary Busey before he lost his goddamn mind reuben blades who ran for president of like guatemala or something really? like yeah obviously he didn't win well no of course the, the great bill paxton yeah who had uh, you know played everyone knows him as um hudson from aliens right uh but he was of course he was in titanic he was in uh the the abyss? Was the abyss? He, no, he wasn't in the abyss. Michael Bean, his co-star from Aliens, was. Oh. Uh, Bill Paxton. What a shame when we lost him. Uh, what a great character actor this guy was. Like this guy, I'd watch him read the phone book. Um, <laughs> You've got a couple of actors that you'd you'd listen yeah, to read the phone book. Absolutely, right. and he's one of them. He's just look. He doesn't play brilliant roles. He's a character actor. He plays he's broad not, roles. A yeah, lot of them. Well, yeah, like I said, a character actor. Yeah. So he plays. He can play two dimensional, but he does it really, really well. Absolutely. You know, he played. Uh, he was in that show, Agents of Shield, which admittedly I uh, got bored with. Didn't but, watch it. Uh, yeah, I sort of went, eh, whatever, moved on. But he was great in it. Um, also starred Maria Conchita Alonso, who was a big uh, fixture in the eighties. She was also oh, in. Was she? Well, she was also in another Schwarzenegger film, uh, Running Man. It's She's been a long time. A woman, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen Running Man. She played the that. 80s girl in a lot of 80s action yeah. films. Oh, okay. But she's a good, again, she's a good actress who, yeah. it pisses me off, didn't get a chance to do more. Right. Uh, and Adam Baldwin is in it. Yes, he is. He, he has sort of a small, tiny role in it. He's not um, huge, but yeah. he's, it's course, an important role. Yeah, these days you see him in uh, The Last Ship, a show that was good and isn't anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, and Morton Downey Jr., who plays Tony Pope. He's that oh. slime. He's the slime ball. Oh, that uh, guy. Yeah. Hey, Tony Pope here oh, from Hardcore. Here's guy. the thing: Morton Downey Jr. is a like the actor. Mm-hmm. Tony Pope is him. 
Oh, really? Like he's playing he's playing a more asshole version of himself. Oh, okay. The sort of slimeball uh, TV journalism that started to pop up in the mid '80s. So I saw the, the Predator one. I'm sure I rented it, either that or it always comes down to I either rented it or I saw it on Super Channel. Right. As a kid, I, this was sort of a meh. I, I I didn't. It's not that I didn't. It's not that I hated it. It's just it was another Schwarzenegger action film, and I had started to get tired of these films. Right. The funny thing is, that in my head, I always associated it with the wonderful Nintendo game Contra. Oh, okay. You know, you know that game? Yeah, yeah. Like of to I me, that it always seemed to me that Contra was a ripoff of Predator. Though there is a Predator NES game, yeah, which we'll play when we do the video oh, game good. episode. Have you have you talked about that yet? On, no, well, I, I, I think I think I mentioned it on the on the Facebook thing, Did but you? like we're okay. we're still in September, and this isn't going to happen until spring. Nah. But you know, Contra in my mind was always you know it always it always seemed like Predator, despite the fact that there's no Predator in it, right? But I can see that. Yeah, like. Muscly shirtless guy running through the forest with a big gun. Or two of them. Or two of them. Uh, yeah, Bill and something or other. But yeah, it's Ted. like, I didn't mind the film. The second one, as a kid, I was super pumped about because it was urban. Yeah. Um, it took place in an urban environment and that made it all the more interesting. Like, I am still waiting for the guys, uh, Rocksteady Games, who did the Batman Arkham games. Oh, yeah. Like, why haven't they just done a Predator game? Like, just take no. the same goddamn engine and go for it. Well, there's, um, there's an issue with, uh, with touching. Predator or Alien, for that matter, anymore really. Oh, like in terms of games. Oh, well, there was well, the Alien Isolation game, and well, that got. Like, I still want to play that, but Alien it's first Isolation person, did barf well. On, I'll barf on the keyboard. Yeah. But I, I think that the reason that they're kind of reticent to touch any kind of any games of the franchise, it, both of those franchises, yeah. Alien or Predator, is because of Alien Colonial Marines. Still, I, yeah, very possibly. I mean, very possibly. But in the in the, in the Arkham games, when you can, they either refer to. There's either fighting, you either go into a scenario and you beat the shit out of everyone, yeah. or you like grab them one at a time from the rafters, and you know what they call those sections? Predator missions. Predator missions. Yeah. You know, Predator really gave it, gave, like, it really plays into the whole video game thing. Like, you just started playing Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yes, it is. And I'm, you know, now I re-downloaded it to give it a new try with a new rig, mostly so I can play with you. They put the Predator in this game, because it's like the 30th anniversary right. of of pred of of the movie the first movie Predator. Yes. I think we're just going to call it Predator One because there's Predator, Predator Two, Alien versus Predator, Alien versus Predator, Requiem, and the Predator. So we're going to call it Predator One. So they put Predator in Ghost Recon Wildlands, where you go to an island and you hear the laughing, and they use. I'm sure they used a clip from this movie. Oh, probably. And if you win, you get like the the cool uh, the, the helmet headpiece. with the dreads. And, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's kind of neat. And I got that. And, and I, you know, playing it back because you'd mentioned to me that they did have the Predator mission yeah. in the game, and then I'm sitting there playing it, and I just watched the movie earlier this that morning. Yeah, and went. Oh, I get it. I, I did see you play it. the mission, or are you probably way too low? Level? Oh, way too. Low. Yeah, I, right. I don't even have it unlocked or paid for. I've just got the base. Oh, you got the, the free weekend. Yeah, yeah, so totally get the game, man. Yeah, but um. Like this game, like there have been all sorts of Predator video games. Like, and, and why wouldn't you? This guy screams video game. He has long range. He has melee attacks. He's cool as hell. Very. The one thing that stands out to me now about these films, I'll say, is that, and then we'll get to you, is that these are, like, they're, yeah, they're action films, sure. But really what these are, these are monster movies. These are universal picture monster movies. The Wolfman, the, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon. And the minute you realize that what this is, is that this is a, these are action movie characters who bumped into a movie monster. You realize, then you understand what you're, you're getting. He's just yeah. there to be a monster. And I also realized all these main characters, 
they're all assholes. Like, I didn't like any of them. Like, some of them you can sort of smile at. Yeah. But these are people I would, none of these people would I want to sit down and have a coffee with. Mm. You know, Alien versus Predator figured it out. The coolest character in any Predator movie is the Predator. Is the Predator. So, go with that. That's yeah. why I love Alien versus Predator. Fair. So. And the second Predator movie, yeah, I think I'm probably uh, again. I didn't, I, I didn't see that in theaters. I'm sure that was a Super Channel special. Yeah, and yeah, I have a neat story about first time I saw, or one of the first times I saw Predator Two, which I'll have to get into. But that's so funny. Oh, I got a story about Predator. Predator. Okay, oh, well, boy. lay it on me, man. Okay. <laughs> so this is the story of the time Adam cock blocked himself with the Predator. Okay. So um, <laughs> I, I had been uh, seeing something for for the sake of preserving the innocent. Uh, we'll just call her Sheila. Sheila. Okay. We'll call her Sheila. Uh, so I'd gone over and Sheila had shown me Hysteria the last time I went over. If you're not familiar with that, it's a film starring Ewan McGregor about the first invented vibrator. I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that should have been my first clue. Wasn't. I was dumb. I was like 20. Yeah, you're dumb. Yeah. yeah. You didn't get the hint there, but okay. Anyway, so <laughs> then she invited me again over later and uh, flipping through the channels. I go, oh, nothing's on. What else should we uh, I go, oh, no, wait, there's Predator. Oh, I haven't seen Predator. Let's watch Predator. And so I'm Adam, pre- you're a very dumb man. <laughs> <laughs> you're very, very dumb. I'm aware. Um, so yeah, in retrospect, I managed to cock block myself with Predator. With Predator. Wow. That's, that's, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel now I have to tell you about the Predator 2 story and oh, I'm not sure that it's less grim than yours. Um, <laughs> it was on Super Channel. It was a Saturday morning. I, I'd, I'd seen the film many times, but it was yeah. still on Super Channel. So it must have just come out. Okay. And I'm watching this show, and I was waiting for some classmates to come over. Uh, I was in my, I was in grade twelve drama, and I was in a class called Drama Thirty P. It was like advanced drama, and they were coming over because we were practicing our play for the Calgary High School Drama Festival called uh-huh. Better Left Untitled. Okay, we won. By the way, we won an award for that. Hey, that. and I'm waiting for them to come over, and I turned on Super Channel, and I saw the opening scene from Predator Two, the shootout, and then I, for whatever reason, I switched to CNN. And I was watching effectively the same thing. Uh-huh. It was the Rodney King riots. Oh, really? Yeah. And seeing, you know, like the chaos. Obviously, it wasn't a, a shootout, but watching that live. Because um, this was just Man. this was just after. Like, I lived through. I mean, okay, I didn't live through it. I live in Calgary, but wow. I, I, I witnessed it over CNN. And I remember thinking, yeah. wow, Los Angeles is as bad as the movie shows. There was a running joke in the 90s that Los Angeles was. Like, you ever see the movie Independence Day? Yes, um, where they say you know we're reminding, reminding Los Angelinos not to shoot at the at the <laughs> at the ship. You might start an intergalactic war. There was a movie called L.A. Story, a wonderful movie, a rom com essentially with Steve Martin, okay. and they make the same joke about sh- oh my god, it's shooting season! Quickly, the guns in the in, in the glove compartment. Um, there was a running joke because uh, L.A. in the nineties was and the well in the eighties and into the nineties was a wicked violent place. Yes, I mean it wasn't look, it's not Beirut. No, but it's not, it's not Afghanistan. And that had become part of the, the Hollywood feel for that city, right. which is why, like, they show you, you know, the, the far future of 1997, they're showing you LA as a war zone. Because, yeah. you know, they just assumed things would get worse. Just like in a lot of these 80s movies, like Highlander, we talked about, right. with, you know, this crime ridden hellhole, the assumption was that the curve would continue to go up. Mm-hmm. In fact, it didn't because, in Los Angeles, they did the same thing that they did in New York, which was they cranked up the police presence yeah. and they brought down the crime rate. To, for good or for ill, especially if you have any well. personal color. But the point is, you know, this was sort of where that went. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah. And my story is still less grim than your your Predator <laughs> pick. Jesus, man. <laughs> so Okay, so to come back to Predator 1, the my whole overview yeah. of the movie. So you see it as a monster movie. Yeah. I see it as like an attempted thriller 
that turns into a superhero movie at the end. Because you, you've got this whole suspenseful action. You, and you know what? They do a good job because you really, you really don't know what the hell they're going up against. You don't know oh, what well, the that's the problem. Is. You do. In the first, the first scene is, look at the spaceship. Okay. Well, well, shit. Well, you know, I you, wish they had edited that out. If you yeah. edit out that first scene yeah. of the spaceship coming, this movie gets better, I think. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right on that. But I mean, okay, yeah, you go, okay, so we know it's an alien. Yeah. I don't know what kind well, of alien blood but, but yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of an alien it is i don't know yeah, what you don't know do. what he's yeah. you, don't, you don't know what he's after so you, they do a, a decent job i think of keeping that suspenseful yeah. and then you get into this action movie section yeah about probably what around halfway third, through, or a third of the way from something when that, they yeah, start yeah. really blowing things up yeah. and then people start dying and you're back to this sort of thriller suspense section and then yeah. at the very end you've got a big muscly man punching a big muscly man yeah but with that's a mask. that's action i mean that's commando that's that's yeah. uh you know that's uh, colonel matrix versus uh right. the australian guy who ate too many big macs uh from commando like it's mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i see where you're I, I see what you're looking like there are horror elements yeah to it a lot of this is they're taking like you know i think i've mentioned this before steven spielberg agreed to do jaws but his condition was he didn't want to show the the shark for the first half of the movie. Right. And it's the same thing here. We never get a full view of the Predator, I think, until he goes up mono a mono with Schwarzenegger. We see bits of him. We see, yeah. you know, the, the cloaking device sort of come in and out. But we never actually get to full-on view the Predator. Yeah. You I, don't I think get, like, a still shot of him until guess, right at the very end. Well, I think it's after the waterfall scene. I think then finally we get to see him. So Yeah, when he's yeah. coming out and he's starting blowing things up. Yeah, looking so for there's any. that suspense thing. But for Predator 3, there's none of that. You know damn well yeah. what it is. And here's the thing. Um, so this poster I'm showing, every DC comic, they all have this poster. It was okay. a fold-up poster. And it's just the publicity shot of the Predator, mm-hmm. but it shows you descriptions of all of his weapons. Oh. So every teenager going into this movie... Knew exactly, knew what, exactly what the Predator was about. Knew exactly the gear he had. Because I must have had 50 of these goddamn posters. I was throwing them out. Right. Because I subscribed at that point to, you know, four or five different DC comics, all of them Batman related. The only, uh, what do you call it, superhero I ever cared about, frankly. At least in terms of comics. And so they all had this. So everyone knew in advance what the deal was. Like there was no, there was no mystery like there was yeah. in the first one. Like what is this other than we know it's a space thing? Right. They, and, and, I mean, I kind of get that. Like the, the cat's out of the bag at this point. You've you've seen what's going on. You know what's what the yeah. Heroes you've are seen going the first film. Yeah, yeah you've exactly. seen the first film. Or at Nobody least you went know into about Predator it. two going in and like, what oh, is this? Yeah. yeah, gee, what is this? Yeah, like they yeah they show you right off the bat. Yeah, uh, but you know that's fine. Like you can't constantly retell the same story over again. You got to move forward, especially if it's a direct freaking sequel. Right. So, um, but before we talk about that, let's let's go in. Let's jump into Predator yeah, One and see what absolutely. we see. Let's so the this. first scene again is a, is a real ruiner for me, which is a spaceship coming to Earth. Yeah. Um, I would not show this. I would no. I would actually skip that first scene because it kills all of the um, all of the all the tension. Of course, in this day and age, everyone knows the Predator. Yeah. But I mean, I'm coming at it from my perspective of, of obviously everybody knows the Predator. Yeah. I. But you know I, he's from outer space. Yeah, you, so. you know he's from outer space. Going ahead and saying it's a space thing, I don't mind so much. At least they don't go, here is the one ship entirely descending to the ground. Because yeah. then you go, oh, well, maybe there's other ones. Maybe there's more. Yeah. And then hence that's a game Predator they play too. with. That's, yeah, they, that's a game they play with uh, The Predator, the latest one. It's oh, like, right. oh, they show a ship chasing another ship. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so they show that. And then you get into, like, the, 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 the music in this movie is amazing.
And the the opening music where you see these, you see, we don't know where it is. It's clearly some South American jungle and it's like a seaside military base slash heliport and all these Hueys landing and all these guys getting out. And, you know, one of them is very well dressed, like the black dude. uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Dennis. Dennis, is that the is that the character's yeah. name? Yeah. Um, yeah, he was also in Commando. So, yeah. you know, he'd worked with Schwarzenegger before. And all these guys getting out, and they all look very different. And I got the impression right away that they were, like, mercenaries. Though right. in the second film, they talk them as an elite special forces unit. Yeah. But, of course, they're not going to admit they're mercenaries. No. But I got the impression that's what they were, that they were mercenaries. Well, I mean, they kind of um, come in and they say, oh, we're contracting you because you're the only ones that can do it. I, yeah. I guess it, so, yeah, you, you kind of swing but it. But they use, yeah, so I got the impression this was, like, a former military unit that all retired and went, went into business for themselves. Right. But it's really cool because there's no there's no dialogue at first and you just who are these people why this shady landing you know and then dutch that's that's the nickname for schwarzenegger's character he meets up with this general and they wander into this shitty bar which has no one in it and then we see carl weathers and then they have their man shake it's so good and it's so good it's like this yeah it's it's like half man it's like half handshake half arm wrestling you know and all the the muscles and it's dylan you son of a bitch what's the matter the cia got you pushing too many pencils Huh? Had enough? Make it easy on yourself, Dutch. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You never did know when to quit, huh? Damn good to see you, Dutch. It's so over-the-top bullshit. It is. Um, it, but it's hilarious. Oh, I love it. Is. it. it it's unintentionally funny. Like, these guys, if you, uh, if you ever read the... These guys would go running in the mountains in the morning before filming for an hour. Yeah. And then they would pump iron for an hour. And then they would, you know, in the middle of the day. And then they would run again at night. It's like mm-hmm. a bunch of muscle-headed assholes. Like, this is the problem. All these actors are exactly as all these characters all yeah. are. A bunch of muscle-headed assholes. Right. Like, Jesse Ventura, at that point, was a WWF star, Jesse the Body Ventura, who... You know, the little wrestling I knew about, he was an asshole even as a, a wrestler. Yeah. Um, well, now he lives down in Mexico. Is that where he lives now? Yeah, he lives. He, didn't he turn into like an Alex Jones crank? Sort of, yeah. He uh, he wound up doing the governor's shtick and then... Apparently, my understanding is he was a good governor. Yeah, that's that's, that's what my he understanding, was. But it's hard to tell. Well, um, from, from all accounts, from what I've heard, he was a decent governor. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, but then he wound up hopping across the border he lives just over the border in mexico and okay. then does the does the shuttle back and forth to the u.s whenever he has to do anything as a citizen okay i didn't yeah. know that yeah but like you know right off the bat we know something's wrong because we know that the carl weathers character uh is cia yeah and, and he's not saying something yeah so right off the bat like this is the point where dutch in, in real life would have gone okay you know what we're out yeah I, I i'm you know i'm not interested in this contract we're getting back on those on those helos and we're told that, uh, what is it, a congressman or, or no, sorry, a cabinet minister. Yeah, a cabinet minister uh, so, for some reason is So fine. obviously this is not, uh, these are not American politicians. These are no. local. They never actually say what country this takes place in, do they? No, because in my Central mind, America. I just kind of, yeah, somewhere in Central America, I just kind of headcanon filled, eh, it's Brazil. Brazil, well, Brazil. that would be South America, but. Uh, oh, so. sorry, yeah. That's your headcanon needs to catch up with your actual schooling, but okay. My headcanon um, needs more <laughs> coffee. Yeah, but yeah, somewhere in Central America, some some God knows where, and they and, and apparently they've been shot down. Whether well, Hilo's been shot down, yeah, the Hilo was shot down and, by rebels behind rebel lines, right? And and, and isn't it like that? There's a like there's possibly a civil like there, there's possibly an invading army, and so these. 
guys need to be grabbed so that they can stabilize the situation. Something I don't think like that, that they mentioned the army. I think they just said that there's like a rebel presence. Yeah, right. And, 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 and the rebels have these people. Yeah, and they're and, trying to destabilize the situation in the country. Yeah, because at one point they say, we're not assassins, we're a hostage rescue team. Yeah. And they're okay. If they, and that's what tells me that they're probably mercenaries. Because a mercenary would be able to say, we only do this. That's Whereas right. if you're special forces, you do what they goddamn will tell you. Yeah. You know, the Americans have a myriad of special forces groups. They have Delta Force. They have the SEALs. They have, you know, Army Rangers, which are a very different thing. They have Green Berets, also a very different thing. And they all have kind of their own jam. Yeah. But you, the reality is you do what you got to do. Um, and, you know, that does get backed up even more by the fact that they bring them in and they outright state you. Well, I think it's Dennis who outright states you're a disposable asset. Yeah, which yeah, in special forces, well, they kind of are. They but, kind of are, but they're expensive to train to, those guys. Yeah, they're, you try they're shiny not to kit. Throw away your seals yeah, in the army. We call them shiny kit. Uh. But yeah, so who the hell knows? And so the very next scene, we're in the, this chopper, and they're blasting. Um, I hated this scene. What was the name of the song? Yeah, you golly, Miss Molly. Yeah, uh, or something, Sally. Whatever it yeah. is, I don't mind the song. Um, I, but I don't mind the song. Like the song is contemporaneous for guys who are in their. 30s or 40s in yeah. the 1980s. It made sense. Yeah. And I we, liked the setting. Yeah. I didn't like the scene. And, and we get to see, but we get to see a lot about the personalities. Like, we get to see Jesse Ventura's character with that, that, that oh. nasty shit in his mouth. That, he packs a fat cheek full of dip. Uh, yeah, uh, what do you call it? Um, chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco. And he's gross. Oh, yeah. And he's just like, oh, this will make you, what, what do you say? Baby, get that stinking yeah. shit out of my face. Bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Which, I'm sorry, sexual Ew. tyrannosaurus still gets thrown around today, and I I like that one line. Well, you know what he sounds like? <laughs> he sounds like Alex Jones with a machine yeah. gun. And it's just, like, he comes off as, okay, okay, immediately this guy's an asshole. Yeah. You got Dennis, the black dude, he's sitting quietly in the back with his uh, disposable razor, gently shaving himself. Yeah. And he comes off as a guy who would, you know, who took courses in taxidermy and human anatomy. Like, yeah. th- this guy is he's, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy's like an axe murderer. He's on edge. Um, and then there's uh, Hawkins... Uh, played by Shane Black. He's the nerd. How do we know that? Because he's got glasses. And he reads comic books. I think yeah. he's reading Sar- uh, Sergeant Rock. Something like which that. Which is a World War II comic. Really good in its day. Okay, fine. But he's the nerd. Though I, I did pull up the IMDb for this and just kind of scrolled through mm-hmm. the trivia. Because normally when I'm... Uh, spoiler alert, fans. We had to watch this one separately, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, normally I've got you there to fill in the context for me. Yeah. Apparently he wanted to actually have his character wearing proper special operatives glasses yeah uh the director had stated no 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 your character is a nerd you yeah, will wear large glass glasses yeah the uh, the u.s army and I, I sort of found this out for a long time and i'm not sure if they still do it but they issue glasses to their troops yeah so that's why a long time they always looked like they had these thick rimmed glasses just the way the army did things okay uh, technically in the canadian army you're supposed to get glasses that don't go over the ears they 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 the rim sort of the, the sides of them go up to the front of your ear uh-huh. And then they sort of there's sort of straps that go around. It allows a seal on a gas mask. Oh. Uh, I, I sure shit never got them. And I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think they bother any. I don't think they bother anymore. Frankly, right? Um, there isn't the fear of chemical attack that there once was. Yeah. I imagine if you if they're if you're if you're special if you're you know Canadian Joint Task Force Two and you're wandering around Syria or Iraq, well, probably you don't have glasses. Let's start there. No. Um, but yeah, it's it's very clear he's the nerd and Dutch is sort of putting on his, his camel paint, the tiger stripe yeah. camel paint, which he's is got gr- a cigar. Yeah. He's got his cigar and 
Carl Weathers character, and I don't know any of their names, and you know what? They're fucking disposable. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. These are disposable characters. Yeah, you don't um, really get to the point where you actually find out anything about them. They're all basically the same character. Well, you learn little bits and pieces about them over well, time, but it, but yeah. it gets tiny bits. And it's like, you know, they're listening to the music, and first off, if you've ever been in a helicopter... I don't care how, like, if you had that shit blazing in your ear, the only one who's going to hear it is a Jesse Ventura's character because he's, like, it's right behind his head. Yeah. Helicopters are freaking loud. And if you don't, that's why everyone has the headphones with the, with the, 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 the mic. With the mic, because otherwise you don't hear shit. No. Um, but whatever, it's a movie thing. And, and apparently the minute they turn off the music, they can hear each other. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Fine. Uh, and they land in, you know, they land in wherever and they, they sort of run around in the forest. And yeah. I guess this is where, you know, it's nice to bring up the cinematography. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, the Honest Trailer, which, by the way, is really good for this film. It I is. I can't remember the names of the guys who do the Honest Trailers. but they're I think really, it's just Honest Trailers. They're, they're, well, yeah, but no, they have a name. of the, They're a media company now. Yeah. And they're wonderful. Oh, okay. They do some great stuff. They talk about how a lot of this movie is people staring at the, at the trees, at the foliage. <laughs> and they're making fun of it. But you know what? First off, it adds tension. It does. Because you look and go, I'll never see them. The guy could be standing right in front of me. I'd never see him. Yeah. But also, you know, it adds tension. But also, it's gorgeous. This mm-hmm. film is beautifully filmed. And, and it's cool to look at the lush. Like, they, they didn't film this on a set. They filmed it in yeah, the Mexican jungle. It's gorgeous. It is. Though, there is there is a nice shot before they land that I did want to draw attention mm-hmm. to where they actually do a nice little bit of foreshadowing. There is a thermal camera on the dash of the, of the helicopter as they're flying in. And you oh, can yeah? see a thermal view of the forest down below. Yeah, because, of course, the Predator... Only views things he in doesn't thermal. view as we do. He sees f- thermally, yeah. which in the second film they think he can only see thermally. Yeah. No, no, he's got a he's got his he's got filters. He's yeah, got he's Instagram like, filters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is me in my pouty pose, but no, uh, <laughs> with the skull and spine of my buddy. You know, uh, um, yeah, it's yeah, okay. Picturing but, uh, that with like the the flower crown filter from Instagram now, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that would be a. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! But yeah, it's, it, it's it's really well filmed, and you get the impression that because both films are about jungle, yes, urban jungle or actual jungle, right? But in both cases, you get the impression that the jungle will swallow you up. That's the one through line that both directors manage. That this that if you're not careful, the jungle itself will eat you. Um, not yeah. literally, but it's just that it's so dense and it's so like I felt very claustrophobic in this film. I'm actually, I actually I I suffer from claustrophobia, right? And I felt that itch. In this film, because you always get okay. the impression that there's just you couldn't stretch your arms out without touching something, yeah. a vine or something, and they do a really good job of that. Like the predator doesn't really even have to. No, he doesn't really have to be right there. He, he, like, just well, he could. Like, he doesn't even need his cloaking device or any of this. Sh- yeah, like you get the impression that the predator could stand without his cloaking device on the side of the trail and could just grab you. Yeah, um, and, and that's really cool. I really like that, that there's no, there's no long range combat going to happen here. No. Every, because you have to get up and close because it's so dense. Yeah. It was a really good choice of, of a location to film this, like a, a setting in the jungle. Uh, I really liked it. They did a really good job with that. I really liked the fact that that, in a bit, well, I'm not claustrophobic personally. Yeah. You do, you do get the sense of the encroaching darkness. Yeah. Of the, and the fact that they land at night doesn't yeah. help. No. Uh, but they did a really, like, it's very easy when a film is filmed at night to have it muddy where you can't see shit. Yeah. Like Highlander's a good example where it's there's scenes where you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the one scene where he, you know, he grabs, uh, 
the the female character Heather Heather no 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 Heather's the girlfriend right Brenda Brenda yeah I want to walk you home Brenda yeah like there's that scene where he grabs her as she's passing by and you know in the industrial park and you know of course the curtain comes up between them and they did a really good job with sort of a blue lighting in the background and you can see their their silhouettes but other than that it's very muddy yeah this is not no like it's not just silhouette here you can see the the depths of the trees like they spent some Real money on the camera work in this. Oh, yeah. And it shows. I mean, McTiernan, again, this is John McTiernan and whoever his director of photography is. Mm. It, it's beautifully shot. And eventually, I guess, you know, the, once the sun has come up, they come across this chopper. Right. And it's, as you would expect, it's sort of in the canopy mm-hmm. because it's so, the jungle is so thick and they go up there and they find these bodies have been skinned alive. Well, and- hang on. These ones weren't skinned alive yet. The yeah, ones in the helicopter. Oh, yeah, no, no, but the, in the helicopter still, those ones were hanging out somewhere else, weren't they? Right, you can actually see the guy right there. Yeah, yeah. let's actually hit that. We know the handy thing about this. Yeah. yeah, you're right. There he is. The pilot is just sort of hanging upside down dead. Yeah. But yeah, these are special ops soldiers. And right. this is where he comes across the... Um, the boot prints, uh, wasn't it? Well, not the boot prints, the, um, oh. the dog tags. And, and, and Dutch realizes he knows these men. Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets out that, yeah, he's actually the second... This is the second group sent in after these people. Yeah. First, they sent actual U.S. military special operations. Right. Where the hell are these people? And very quickly, they come across them skinned alive. Though interesting, they still got their heads. They do, yeah. They're skinned alive, and it's gory as hell. It is. You know, just imagine anytime you've ever seen, you know, a, like a depiction of a human without his skin, yeah. with the eyeballs and the and the grin, and yeah. it's pretty goddamn horrible. And the first thing it does is, oh, you know, actually, we missed a character. I'm embarrassed about this because he's the most oh, interesting character. Billy. Billy. Yeah. The, the stereotypical native who, of course, is a tracker mm-hmm. and, of course, has this sort of native superstition about this. Right. And then there's, of course, the, uh, you know, the, the stereotypical Southern hick, that's Jesse Ventura, yeah. and the stereotypical nerd, mm-hmm. and the black guy who's the calm, cool, stone, stone-hearted killer. But Billy's actually the one I, he, so I, I retract, there, there is an interesting character. Mm-hmm. Billy is interesting. And yeah, he, he realizes, he starts talking about how they were shooting in all directions. Yeah. What happened here, Billy? Strange, Major. There was a firefight. They were shooting in all directions. Can't believe that Jim Harper walked in an ambush. I don't believe he did. I can't find a single track. Just doesn't make sense. What about the rest of Harper's men? There's no signs. They never left here. Hell, it's like they just disappeared. Where were they? Who were they shooting at? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and but but they were confused, and it's fucking creepy. Like you're hearing, you know, because you have no idea what's happened here, but he clearly sees it all. Yeah, and I mean, well, well, he does see it all. They still don't do that thing where they go, oh, he sees everything, and he knows right away. Yeah, he's not quite the 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 gross native stereotype of yeah. the wise old the wise man who can hear the grass grow, oh, yeah. but he's goddamn close. And he and he and this is a through line to the second film. He keeps fingering that thing around his neck. Yeah, just like the the Latino character Danny does in the second. Yeah, it, it's that sort of. This is how you know he's superstitious. He's got a totem around his neck, and he keeps touching it. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it so much for him because he's an interesting character. He's, yeah. you know, he's got the uh, the the native accent, and it's just it bothers me. It, 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 maybe this is the, the way the guy talks, but it's clearly... You know what he reminds me of? The G.I. Joe character, Spirit? Boy, 
What a great campsite. Yeah, here's more wood for the fire. No, my clothes are on fire. Run for the stream. Don't run. Here, let me wrap this around you. You okay? Lucky thing you were around, spirit. Lucky thing you didn't run. Remember, running only makes the fire worse. If your clothes catch fire, wrap yourself in a rug or blanket. And roll on the ground to smother the flames. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Oh, yeah. Like, okay. he's the same yeah. goddamn character. Pretty much. Um, like, he... The yeah. long hair, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, and, well. you know, you know he's, very, he's wise and all that shit. There is too little air to waste it on pointless combat. We must dwell on this. But he's an interesting character. I don't mind him, but... He is. And he's, he's actually spooked. got... He's got an arc. He does have a bit of development throughout the film. Ah, uh, kind of, yeah. Like, he realizes he has... He's facing something that goes beyond his military yeah. experience, and he chooses to face it yeah. head on. And I like that they don't show it. They yeah. don't show the end of it. Of course, we're way ahead of ourselves here, but yeah, it, it gets, it's clear we are meant to be, we are meant to be afraid. Yeah. But we are also, this is where we really realize that Carl Weathers has screwed him. Oh, yeah. Um, this is when you, you, actually, no, 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 you don't get the full, the full message but, just but, yet. But we know, we but, know yeah. that he's been lied to. We know oh, yeah. this. And then, so they go and they find the, um, village where the these rebels rebel are. Yeah. And here's the neat thing, um, because you saw this a couple days ago. You remember the execution? Yes. The guy with the beard shoots the man? Yep. yep. Uh, that actor's name is Sven something or other. Okay. Later on in the, like, in the attack, he's the one who goes flying back, gets shot, and he goes, Flying oh, yeah. backwards. So the actor's name is Sven something. He's Schwarzenegger's old uh, workout buddy. Oh, I, really? I give the Arl Knots credit from the kill count. This is what I learned okay. uh, from them. He's been killed in a number of Schwarzenegger's movies. He's just like, Schwarzenegger likes to throw him work. But he's, <laughs> he's just Schwarz, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger's workout buddy from oh, his, cool. his uh, pumping iron days. So we see, so we see Sven and we realize like they're exe- they execute someone and this is where Dutch realizes, okay, we can't wait. There's this, is, this isn't going to be a stealth mission. Let's just go in yeah. and apparently shoot everything. And um, oh boy, does Dutch do a great job of turning this stealth mission into a shootout a, a, a complete shit show. And this is, <laughs> yeah, and, um, was it at this point, has it, or has it already happened that Jesse Ventura pulls out the minigun? No, he has not pulled out the minigun yet. The minigun yeah. happens after this once they're. No, no, it happens in the, it happens in this. I thought it was after this when they, like, after they've had the first sort of encounter with the Predator. Does it? I don't even remember. It's such a fucking ridiculous thing. It is. At some point we're going to have to talk about that humans can't carry miniguns, but. Well, yeah. (laughs) But that, that, that aside, so they, they send a couple of people in, they eliminate two guard posts, and then Arnold goes in. Uh, Dutch, sorry, Dutch goes in and like there's finds, a difference, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, finds a truck that's been left with essentially what amounts to a brick on the pedal that's running well, on the back. Tires. Yeah, they're using it. They're using the um, they're using the engine as a generator, exactly. And he, and he sort of sends it going on its own. Well, and, before he does that, he straps a satchel charge to the back. Right. Of it. Yeah. It's and, and then there's explosions and like it's just it's an absolute. It's a 1980s shootout it where is. everyone shoots from the hip everyone okay. shoots from the hip if i would ever have done that in a in a like a military exercise i was at um, my sergeant would have taken that rifle and inserted it somewhere it was not designed <laughs> to be like you don't do that but again no. this is the 80s and everyone just fires from the hip and i guess it looks macho like that's the one thing about this film you know it's 2018 and we talk about the term a lot toxic masculinity you, if, if someone says, I don't understand toxic masculinity, what you do is you show them the, the helicopter insert scene. And because that's talk, because these guys, their, their masculinity is, I was afraid I would have like testosterone poisoning watching this film. They're also freaking macho. <clears throat> like it's just, it's gross. And you know, the shooting from the hip and the, you know, Dutch takes this big asshole, massive Rambo knife. 
forget what they're called, those big scary Bowie knives. Bowie knives. Yeah. And he, he, he throws it at a guy, he goes straight through his chest and sticks him to the wall. Stick around. Which apparently uh, was an improvised line. Was it really? Yeah. It's, well, it, but it's a typical Schwarzenegger line. Oh, absolutely. Know? I kill you last. I lied. Yeah. You know, I let him go. Like all these, like, but it's just, it's gross. And it's like, it's, that's the reason I don't like 80s action films. See, but, I don't even, you know, I don't even find that, that gross. I find it comedic. Oh, and, it is. And it was intended to be. Yeah. But it's just, again, it's just sort of this toxic masculine bullshit again with like, with the, the, the man shake. Um, you know, this handshake at the beginning. It's all so overly testosterone It's a little gross. I understand why women don't like these movies. I get yeah. that. It's gross. Yeah. But this whole shootout is just slaughter. And, you know, at one point, uh, one of the guys looks at Carl Weathers. Looks at uh, the Jesse Ventura character. And says, "Hey, man, you're bleeding. I ain't I got, got time, time to bleed." So okay, good. and so he throws so the good. bomb and says, "Do you have time to duck?" And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and there's an explosion, and that's kind of cute because it's it one is. of the few times where a character actually sort of pushes back on that. Yeah, but yeah, it ends with they find the girl, but you can't kill a girl in an action movie. No. The bad guys can, yes. but the good guys certainly good guys can't, can't kill. So can't kill they, they come across her, and she only supposedly only speaks. Spanish, uh, Spanish and, yeah. and there are no, of course, there are no hostages. And this is where we, re- this is where we learn yeah. that Carl Weathers character has brought these people in to wipe out these rebels because they were in fact planning to, this is what it is. They were planning yes. to pour over the border and overthrow who the hell knows. Yeah. Some local yeah. government um, that's friendly. Um, with we US. often forget in the eighties, the sixties, seventies and eighties, Central and South America had an enormous amount of instability, and most of that is the fault of the United States because they had a yeah. tendency to pay for these these right wing death squads to fight against. Well, let's be honest, left wing death squads. Like that's what the whole Iran Contra affair was about. I was just going to bring up Iran Contra. Um, what happened to the guy involved in that? He runs the NRA now. Um, Good old Ollie North. God, I just. Oh. Like, there was a lot of this shit. Like, one of the movies we're going to do in season four is Heartbreak Ridge, which is right. about the U.S. invasion of Panama. Yeah. Same thing. We don't like the way the election went. Let's invade or let's pay someone else to do it. And so that's frankly what Dutch and his people have been used as, mm-hmm. as a way to interfere. You know, this left-wing group versus this right-wing group and who's paying for who. The Russians are paying. You know, the Russians are funneling into one side. The Americans are funneling into another. And you wonder why Central and South Americans don't like the U.S. Gee, I can't <laughs> imagine why. That's actually the entire the entire plot of the fifth season of The Last Ship. It's oh, really? uh, Central and South America try to unify into one large country called Gran Colombia, and they take on the U.S. Mm-hmm. because we've had enough of this bullshit. That was actually also the plot of Call of Duty Ghosts, Ghosts which is yes. a way better game, I think, than most people give it credit for. I At least I enjoyed the, the single-player campaign. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. And this movie is sort of endemic of this sort of these sort of 80s problems of the U.S. and other countries, not just the U.S., mm-hmm. screwing with the locals. And, of course, this point, Dutch and the rest of them, they are pissed. Rightfully so. Yeah, because they realized this is not what, like, they're not assassins. And so this is when they try and get the hell out of Dodge. And, of course, this is where we also start. I'm not sure if we've seen the... Have we seen the Predator up to this point at all? No. Tracking them with heat vision, or does it start here? No, this is the first time yeah. that we see them. The only hint that we've had that something's not on is the, the level is the skin the, bodies. And, you know, the, the spaceship. Well, <laughs> yeah. okay, I mean, let's, let's yeah, take move that Move on, Farron, move on, I know. Well, it, um, it's... It's an interesting scene. It it sets it. It gives the audience something so we're not spending the whole first half hour of this film going, what the fuck, film. what the fuck, yeah. what the fuck. Uh, fair enough, yeah. But here we get to see sort of the predator vision, which is the um, the heat vision. <laughs> kind of and, off heat vision, but yeah, still Yeah, fair vision. enough, yeah. it's Well, it's the, the whole idea is that it's, it's heat vision run through a special effects studio. And yeah. okay, fine, you know what, whatever. But we get the impression that something otherworldly is watching these people. Right. But he's also recording them. 
There's also Hawkins keeps trying to tell these jokes to Billy and they're gross, sexist, nasty jokes. Yeah. And the second or third one he gives, Billy laughs at it and it's this deep, awesome laugh. Yeah. And the predator records it and we don't know why, but he's starting to record things they say and laughter. And it's, it's actually one of the more interesting things I think of the predator is that he uses it against them. Yeah. Um, he does this in the second one too. He does. Want some candy, mister? Yeah. That's creepy as hell. That, that Um, part was really creepy. And so, you know, the movie at this point becomes sort of this extended stalking scene. Right. Which we could spend, you know, we could go scene by scene, but really what it is, is one at a time, these guys start getting knocked off. Yeah. And, like, there's one where, like, the Jesse Ventura character, who now is brought out, what does he call Old Painless? Oh, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, old so Painless. It's the, it's the yeah, minigun. Un- so, unzips a duffel bag. Yeah, and, and there's a minigun inside. Out. So a minigun is, like, in, in, in Vietnam, if you've ever seen a Vietnam War movie, you always yeah. see the M60 heavy machine gun, which is a, a person... A one-man weapon. Right. But it's always given to a big guy. Yeah. Because they're heavy. It's a big thing. Um, well, I've carried the C9 light machine gun, which yeah. is a lighter version. Yeah. Uh, no one uses the, M- the M60 anymore. They're too heavy. It's not practical. Um, no. So they use the, uh, I'm not sure what the American, I think it's called the M243. We call it the C9 like because, of course, it has to have C because it's Canadian, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I've carried them. They're heavy enough. <laughs> yeah. But you always see those on, do- like, Huey door gunners have the M60. Yeah. But it, it, in actuality, a lot of door gunners had mini guns, which is a Gatling gun. It's powered by an actual car battery. Yep. Now, actual car batteries are heavy. <laughs> so you picture this 100-pound weapon and a, what would you say, 40 or 50-pound? How much does a car battery weigh? About 50 pounds? Oh, not that much. Not I'd that say much? probably like 30 to 40. 30. Okay. But you carry that on your back yeah. through the jungle or anywhere. Yeah. So carry a car battery plus a 100-pound weapon that is designed to be mounted on a, mounted on a vehicle. Yeah. They're it's, not man-portable weapons. Right. And this guy just holds it in front of him and uses it. Sure, buddy. Okay. But this is, like, sometimes I wonder whether this is Jesse Ventura saying, sure, I'll be in the film, but I want to have the biggest dick, I mean, gun in the bunch. Well, I mean, Jesse Ventura kind of kind of apparently did that throughout the whole casting thing. Apparently, and again, this comes from me going yeah. to IMDb looking up trivia. Uh, when they went to wardrobe and they were getting fitted for everything, they'd said... Oh, uh, oh, your arms are this big. And he goes, Oh, I know, I know Arnie's stats. Those are, my arms are bigger than his. So they went, uh, up against each other and measured uh, arms side by side. And Arnie's were still bigger because are, he had Are gone, you sure it was, sure it was their arms they were measuring? Well, allegedly <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger had gone to the, the department and said, Hey, listen, just do me a favor. He wants to be the biggest guy. Just tell him he has the biggest arms on the set. Fair enough. Yeah. Like Jesse Ventura, like I'm sure maybe if I had coffee with him, he'd be a decent guy. I don't yeah. know, but he I've comes to interviews but, with him. He seems all right. Yeah. He seems mostly stable i guess if he takes yeah. his meds but um you know look I, I actually have no idea and again i'm told he was a pretty decent governor yeah. but in this movie like you have the you ha- unfortunately you have wwf wrestler jesse ventura and then you have his character and they're both assholes right and and and, and this idea of him carrying a minigun i'm sorry again no like even in the terminator movies they show it's it's the guy with the steel chassis who carries the minigun. Yeah. So he pulls it out, and his death is actually one of the few bits of character development we get. Not for him. Yeah. Um, like, when he gets killed, that's what the first thing you notice is that he's got, like... Is that after Hawkins dies? Yeah. Right, right. Hawkins, Hawkins is, is the first one. Right, because the girl escapes. Yeah. Um, and Hawkins goes to chase her down. And, and, and he gets... He's actually the first one who loses the head, isn't it? The head and the spinal column. Um, uh, they don't even show his body. They just show a pile of organs. 
That's right. There's just goo left over. Yeah. I think later we see that he's taken the head. Maybe. Because uh, I know they do the spinal column thing. Head yeah. Spinal, they do lose. Anyway. They do so, this. So oh, he's, no, it's later in the film because he's he's, amount, he's amassed the bodies. Right, right, right. And then right. it's towards the end where you see him pulling the head and spinal right, column out. Right, quite right. So, yeah. So Hawkins is dead. And, and again, so what? Who's Hawkins? Oh, he reads comic books. He must be a nerd. Move yeah. on. Uh, and then, you know, Jesse Ventura gets a, a, you know, a basketball-sized hole in his chest. Yes. And Dennis? But yeah, that's when he kind of uh, loses his mind and goes a little bit uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Mac. The character's Mac. name is Mac. Is the actor's name. Finally, Wait, wasn't his last, Bill wasn't his Duke. Name Mac Miller? Just have Maybe it's McMillan. Maybe that's his last name. They're just calling him Mac. That's how you. It's usually why you call a guy Mac, right? Because yeah. he's Mac something. He's like a Scottish last name. Yeah. So, but yeah, the, the, the actor's name is Bill Duke. He's a really good actor. Yeah. I've liked him in everything I've ever seen him. Okay. He plays Bill the Duke. heavy in a in an action film, but fine. Yeah. So Mac, we learn, is like Jesse Ventura's character's like super best friend, right? Because when the Ventura character gets the, again the hole in his chest, Mac grabs the minigun and just starts spraying into the into the force and everyone joins them like yeah okay first off how much ammo do you have that you can and that everyone can just oh yeah that's... hundreds of rounds into the jungle yeah you can assume that at least the minigun the rest of that duffel bag was an ammo feed because you do see it's it's belt oh, fed oh, yeah ammo. but you know have... the, the amount of ammo that even jesse ventura could carry assuming he had nothing else on him yeah i um, know the amount of ammo would have lasted like a minute yeah so was it sixty thousand rounds a minute or something, something insane stupid like, like that, that yeah there's a reason they put these on the tips of, you know, fighter jets. Like the A-10 <laughs> Warthog has a minigun on the end. Yeah. I mean, not quite the same thing. It's a different, they call it a Gatling gun. It's yeah. not, but it's, it's the same, the same sort of idea. Thing. Like, and he, and of course he, they make a point if he runs out. Yeah. Because he's still squeezing yeah. and it's still running. And um, you do kind of get this nice effect of him truly being traumatized because he can't manage to let go of the, uh, the trigger. Yeah. And, 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 and so we learn that. Yeah, the the, the the Jesse Ventura character, who I'm not sure if it's just me thinking it or whether they actually say it. He comes across as a racist to me. I don't think that's ever actually in there, but something in my, the back of my head said this this dude likes a white hood. Uh, I, or at least I think that that's just sort of the the, the general the implication of, mm-hmm. of, oh, he's just a, a redneck guy from the South. Fair enough, yeah. And yet, clearly, these guys are like best friends. Yeah. Just the way he... It's not even so much the dialogue, just his performance. Again... Good performance, Mac. Yeah. Or I, you know, Bill Duke, whatever. See, you know um, what? I'll give some. I'll give some credence to the idea that maybe it wasn't because they were friends. Maybe it's because he saw a big blue bolt of something come out and blow possibly, one of his buddies into two large uh, chunks. The impression I got is it was a friendship thing. You're um, right. It, because it, remember, he because he wants to look after the body. Yeah, Mac, Sergeant. Yes, sir. I want a defensive position above that ridge. Mind with everything we've got. Put him in his banjo. Take him with us. I got him. He's very insistent on looking at what well, mm-hmm. he wasn't for Hawkins. Well, yeah. Not that it was, it was just goo. Yeah. But yeah, so it's hard. The point is, you know, that's sort of a, that death is kind of a, a big deal. And then, you know, there's more sort of pushback between, you know, Carl Weathers' character and him. And, you know, is this where... Billy that's dies, when or is that no later? that's later on but billy at that point was getting wigged out and he was no. that's when he was standing there in the no, middle of the clearing wasn't yeah because remember he sort of pulls off the, i think i thought it was later on i thought that he was like one of the last ones to die yeah but we, we get more of the whole billy holding the totem that he's got around his neck and you know being very wise and like it's interesting because he's the smartest character mm-hmm. by far yeah in this place and it's because you know, he's the stereotypical native tracker. Again, yeah. he's spirit from G.I. Joe. But 
at the same time, like he clearly knows something, something's going down mm-hmm. and it's touched him on a spiritual level. Again, it's stereotypical, but I mean, but we, it's interesting. We don't really um, get like the over dramatic. Oh, the spirits are telling me. That yeah, this no, is... it's nothing like that. Like this guy clearly has actual honest to God skills as yes, a tracker. Absolutely. Uh, and he's totally freaked out. And oh no, this is where, this is where Hawkins goes. Hawkins oh, is okay. not first. Okay. So yeah, so it is Jesse yeah. Ventura is first. Yeah. And then Hawkins. Right. Because that's when we learn that the, uh, this is where we learn that the, the woman who's been at this point just, you know, your standard capture, yeah. uh, turns out she speaks English. Yes. And what we learn is that this is not the first time, like the jungle came and ate them. Like yeah. she is speaking in weird, almost monster movie terms. The, the right. natives saying, you know, beware of the jungle. There is something out there. But we learn that the predator's been here before. When it is especially hot, the predator shows up and he takes people. Yes. So we're learning that the predator's bit, you know, the pre- this is hunting ground for the predator. Though, uh, that's, isn't he a hunter, not a predator? But whatever. That's a joke they make in the movie, The Predator and whatever. It's, okay. Predator sounds cooler than The Hunter. Yeah. Predator works. This is where we learn that whatever this is, it's been here before. They're starting to freak out. This is when we get the first sign that maybe... There's even more to the Predator. Oh, and she says, we left out a total another character. The, uh, um... Who the um, hell was he again? <laughs> he's the radio operator. Oh, yeah, that's right. He gets shot through the chest, right? No. Well, f- the first thing that happens to him is he gets a... He gets a trap in the chest. Remember the, the big... Oh, uh, yeah, the that's big, right. The uh, big log hits him in the chest. Right. And we totally missed a character. Like, that's how utterly disposable some of yeah. these characters that there's another character. Um, and he's the one who says, you got time... I don't have time to bleed. You got time to duck. I thought Hawkins said that. No, I think it's this dude. I, don't oh, even remember. Okay. I know him because he was in the t- the bad TV show War of the Worlds. But oh, really? Um, yeah, he's a really bad show. But I mean, he's an okay actor. But again, right. the fact that we totally missed him. Yeah. Moving on. Moving um, on. So, so there was- yeah, so they they set up all these traps for 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 the predator. Yeah. Like he's not going to just watch. Okay, there's a trap there, and there's a trap there. Because I have a cloaking device, and you can't see me. Well, I, um, assuming that he a sees them, b can uh, can see these traps in thermal. Yeah. But we do. I mean, to me, that says oh. Obviously, they were hinting here that there's more than just thermal that he can see, which we see kind of confirmed in Predator 2. Yeah, but the whole scene of them, like, this is the last stand scene that every yeah. every action movie has where the, the heroes stop running and man up with lots of... Uh, of, uh, of explosives and ammo, right. ready to go. And of course it goes absolutely wrong for them. And this is where this unnamed dude gets wiped out and... Um, you should have pulled the I- or left the IMDb page up. <laughs> yeah, and then Billy, Billy. At this point, I think this is where. No, uh, that's right. No, the uh, the guy gets the in the chest, so he's all messed up. Yeah, and they're making a run for it, and they run across a, a river because they've got like a. I'm not sure if it was a bridge or just a fallen log. I think it's just a where, log. That's where he stops. Yeah, Billy takes, makes a stand on the log. Yeah, he stops. He takes off his uh, his vest. He takes his machete and I don't know slices his. Uh, pectoral up because that's what you do before you fight something bigger than you you slice yourself up and that's the last we see of him yeah. and i'm fine that we don't see yet another kill right we just hear him screaming in the background oh. and I mean, that's that's all you need Good you enough. know that he's dead you, you know, know dead, that yeah. he did his best and- yeah and, okay moving um, on yeah and then carl weathers character he decides <laughs> to sort of you know, he sort of, he says, you know, I'll buy you some time. Yeah. And, and he winds up, it's kind of the, one of the gorier scenes. We see his arm severed. Yeah. And, and the predator kills him. And, you know, it's, I stopped, I stopped caring 
Like at this point, last time I watched the movie, I stopped about here. I stopped yeah. giving a shit. And really what it ends up with is there are only two characters left. Right. There's the woman yeah. and there's Schwarzenegger. And this is where we actually finally were an, we're an hour and 18 minutes into an hour and 46 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Now we get to see the predator because Schwarzenegger winds up falling down a, um, a, uh, a waterfall, which in movies you can always survive, in real right. life not so much. Yeah. And he crawls out in the well, mud. Hold on a second, Farron. You have skipped a moment in cinematic history. Oh, God. Run! Go! Get to the chopper! Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he screams, get to the chopper, and he runs off. That's right. That's right. I'd forgotten about that. (laughs) So Um, she runs off, presumably, to get to the chopper. chopper. C-H-O-P-P-A, chopper. Sort of like the false. Use the false. false. F-O-O-C-E. Yes. Um, Yeah. Get to the the chopper. Um, Uh, And then he falls down. down, Right. And then, and this is where we start, this is where he starts, we're actually having some learning here. Yeah. uh, This is when the movie gets good. Yeah. And that's too bad. Uh, really well, is. they waited for so long. Yeah. Um, this is the movie I wanted to see. Uh, ironically, I got bored and I stopped watching, but I mean, again, I've seen it so many times. He crawls out of the river into the mud and he's covered head to toe in mud and he collapses. And this is when the predator shows up and we learn a few things. One, the predator's cloaking device doesn't like water. Yeah. And it short circuits and that's how we get to see him. But also, a thin cake of mud completely blocks his thermal vision, which is which, stupid. It's stupid, but, but I'll, I'll give you something. We you gotta, gotta get, well, it's a movie, right? Otherwise, what do you do? Exactly. You can't just be running from a thing that can see you through forever. the forest yeah. forever. At some point, we have to learn, and this yeah. is the only way they're ever gonna be, like, this is the only time they're ever gonna be in the same scene unless they're going mano a mano. Right. And it works. It does. And then, you know, we sort of go, like, that night, Mm-hmm. It becomes like he, he takes off his shirt, he yeah. covers himself in mud, yeah. he gives this scream. Yeah. Puts all these traps together. Puts all these traps. Yeah. And yeah. this is very much now predator versus predator. Yeah. In a, you know, like human predator. And yeah. this would have been a better movie if it had been just this. Like if they wiped all these other fucking guys out really early on. It was supposed to be that movie. Is that what? Schwarzenegger said it doesn't make sense that they just send in one guy. Right. They would send a team. Of course they would. So the, originally it was supposed to be just Schwarzenegger sent in to do XYZ. Comes across the Predator, Schwarzenegger versus yeah. Predator, the movie. Yeah. Um, That's too bad. That would, it is too that bad. Would, that would have been a much better movie. Yeah. Because the idea, what make, one of the things that makes the Predator cool is that he's alone and he's a hunter. Mm-hmm. That would have made for a better movie. Absolutely. Um, and that's what finally what we get is this sort of mono a mono, and it's a standard action movie fight. I don't give a shit. I, I just I, stopped caring about action movie fights a long time fair. ago. I like this fight because it does enough. You, you kind of see this war of attrition throughout the entire film yeah. to the point where now suddenly they're more or less on the same level. The Predator loses yeah. his enhanced thermal vision through his helmet. Right. Um, and he loses the shoulder cannon. I forget how. Uh, does it short circuit or he drops something, something on it? The parrot cannon is apparently what it was called by the, the Yeah, the because it's on your shoulder. Yeah. Because in the second one, isn't it in the helmet itself? No, it's it's on his shoulder as well. He loses it in that for another reason right. during the final fight. Anyways, okay, yeah. Um, but you now have these two sort of apex predators on equal footing without their utilities. Yeah, and at one point, like Schwarzenegger has a, an actual spear. Yeah, 
you know, um, the one neat thing about this that we've missed is that the predator bleeds and he mm-hmm. bleeds uh, like a glowing green goo. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that pisses me off about this movie is mu- it's, it's much more of a sin in the second film, which we're going to, honest to God, get to at some point. I don't <laughs> mind if this is a bigger episode. It's a double movie. Sounds good. Is that this thing is goddamn bulletproof, despite the fact that he's almost naked. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's just a cloaking device. It is not a Star Trek shield. Right. Like, I get it in the forest. All he has to do is lie down. You'll shoot over him. Yeah. Okay, fine. But... In the second film, he's fucking bulletproof. Like, there's point, there's the scene in a subway oh, yeah, where he's being shot you. at and it, it doesn't seem to bother They've him. They've got an entire he, subway car shooting at him. And Well, but there's the one scene where Jerry, the, the, the Bill Paxton character, yeah, yeah. Oh, is yeah, he shooting on right him. at him because he's, because he's, he's cloaked. We're seeing it from the other side. Right. And it's, it's just like, oh, come on. And this is the problem. The Predator, yeah, he's tough, but he shouldn't be indestructible. Right. Otherwise, he's just, he's, he's the mummy. He, yeah. He's always just going to keep moving forward at you. But yeah. like here, in the end, it's the injurable predator. A predator right. can be injured. And you have the apex, like you call him good, you know, apex predator Schwarzenegger with the spear as well. Right. And it ends actually pretty damn well. And then yeah. the, the predator we learn has a particular code of honor. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's a, I'm not sure we can call it that. Well, I don't think you can call it a code of honor until the next movie. He is sacrificing himself. He has a, uh, and they fucked this up between the two movies, which is ironic because it's the same Because they called it a neutron bomb in the second one. Not they? a neutron bomb. Neutron yeah. bomb only kills um, biological. Okay. But it's a nuclear... In the second one, they describe it as a nuclear device that destroys the equivalent of 10 square blocks of yeah. forest. But uh, Schwarzenegger... Schwarzenegger does not run 10 did, square blocks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, it's just some sort of... Like, he has a self-destruct device on his arm... And as he's running, the the predator, like as he's running away from the now clearly injured beyond the ability to win predator, yeah. he sets off the you know the the self destruct device, and yeah. Schwarzenegger's running away, and the predator's laughing his ass off, and I think it's Billy's laugh. It is it? Billy's laugh. Yeah. Which is ten types of cool. The idea that one of your best guys from the grave is laughing at you. Yeah. It's kind of neat. Yeah. I like that. And and then there's the explosion and he survives. Because of course Schwarzenegger can survive a nuclear weapon. He's Arnold. And they yeah. sort of fly away and that's it. And it, it is kind of neat because like this movie, like the, the the last 20, 30 minutes of this movie is what the movie should have been. Yes. And we learn the most about the Predator. We learn nothing about this Predator, frankly, until Hawkins dies. That's when we learn he's he's a repeat visitor. And then yeah. we don't really learn anything worthwhile or truly meaty about the predator himself. Until the meaty end. about the predator himself until the uh, the waterfall, and and, yeah. and then we learn about the predator and what he's capable of and right. all this sort of like uh, you almost could just watch the last thirty minutes of the film and be happy. You really could. So, you there's know. there's not a lot of payoff for what happens yeah. earlier in the film. There's no you know really relevant anything that pays off there's no foreshadowing from the beginning of this film that that really comes other than it's an alien other than well that's not even foreshadowing that's just story beats yeah i guess so it's 
There's not enough. This this is a no. this is a lost opportunity. Yeah. But I don't think they expected it to be anything other than a one-off short story. I film, which don't is, imagine that they did either yeah. because they they but, set it up so this is a self-contained story. Yeah. For all that it's worth, at the beginning, you could have just said that's his ship buggering off and dropping him. Ship's going to come back later. He's the only one. Yeah. You could have made that argument. Yeah. And, and, and not made a second. Yeah. But they did make a second. But they did. Uh, and this one, we don't even have to show the spaceship as we already know. Oh, um, we, well, we don't quite know the extent, though. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, yeah, but the point is we know they're alien. We know we, it's an alien. We know it's an alien. Um, we know it's from somewhere. And, and again, and if you're a kid hunt. who read comic books at all, you'd seen, like, they pushed this film hard. Well, they spent yeah. $20 million more dollars on it, which, again, is shocking that a movie with Schwarzenegger and Ventura, who probably, you know, like, there was a lot of big names in that first movie, and yet it only cost $15 million, and the second one with much lesser names cost 20 million more so yeah. more than twice as much and it's neat because at first they played the this music which is clearly jungle music yeah and you see palm trees and you think oh no another another jungle movie but then they show you it's the urban jungle because it comes oh, over yes. and that was kind of neat It was. And, it's and, good thematically. Yeah, and the first thing we see is actually the Predator vision. Yes, and so there's no there's no beating around the bush. It's like the sequel to a ghost movie. We don't need to set up the ghost anymore. We, we know, know the ghost. that it's yeah. there. Yeah, and and we see all these scenes in Predator vision, and then we you know slowly we're encroaching on what is a shootout. Yes, and between the, Cuban gang and Jamaican uh, no, gang. Uh, Colombian. Colombian. Colombian drug cartel and the Jamaican voodoo posse oh, run God, by I King Willie, man. King I Willie. love the Jamaicans. Uh, yeah, they're hilarious. They're so stupid, <laughs> but they're hilarious. And we're seeing, this was the scene that I was saying I was watching, and then I turned the channel and I was watching right. um, the, Rodney, uh, the King. Rodney King riots. And so you're seeing an outright blazing gun battle between the Colombians and the SWAT team. Mm-hmm. Los Angeles welters in agonizing heat, drug lords wage bloody warfare in the street. Yet another open conflict. Oh, fuck this! Get me out of here! Cars are being destroyed, and of course, in the movies, when you bl- when a car bursts into flame, it goes flying into the yeah. air. It does a backflip. It does a backflip. It's pretty impressive. It is. And the the Colombians are laughing at these guys because they're better armed. And then Dan, uh, yeah, well, not no, not Danny. It's Harrigan. Um, uh, oh yeah, the main character, Mike Harrigan. Mike Harrigan. Mike Harrigan. Yeah. Danny Glover character. He yeah. shows up and all of his people, because he's clearly, he like, these are all detectives. They're part of some special unit. Right. They show up. Okay, don't keep me suspense, Danny boy. It has not been a nice day. Two murders pulled over a truck. Stumbled right in the middle of a, of a nice stakeout. You know, 10 Colombians and Scorpios. On to fuck all. They're trying to get inside the headquarters. We're keeping them pinned down. But those officers are bleeding to death. They're dying, man! And where the hell is special weapons? They're still tied up in that shootout in San Pedro, getting their ass kicked by the Jamaicans. They shot down one of our choppers. And Mills and Johnson won't last much longer out there. We need an assault vehicle to go get them. They shot down one of our choppers. Like, wait, really? Yeah. How, how mm. in the hell 
are you shooting down a chopper in well, the middle of LA well, in with the, in the states? Let's be honest. Okay, but RPG, I mean, but, even even still at RPG, yeah. come on. No, here's the thing. <laughs> in, in, I forget what year it was. There was this wild ass shootout in Century City, which is mm-hmm. like part of Greater Los Angeles, right. where two guys hopped up on drugs and covered in triple layer Kevlar uh-huh. with endless amounts of machine guns, robbed a bank, and right. it's just an insane shootout. Squad is being notified. Call three. All officers stay down. Shots are being fired from AK-47. And that was. Hmm. It makes this. I mean, it wasn't explosions, but. but. Like he, the they, those cam. two guys, those two guys held off fifty cops. Um, it was really something else. It's worth. There was a great movie about it called with Mary Van Peebles called Forty Five Minutes, which was a direct to video movie. Okay. Very good. But this sort of shit was oh. happening in Los Angeles. Yeah. So the cops are having a bad day, and Harrigan, of course, is the he's the action movie hero. He gets in a car, he drives in, he because they're trying to get to these two police officers yeah. who are in the middle of this firefight, and they're all shot up and. Fine. He helps break up this fight. The Colombians run back into the building yep. and they arm themselves up. And immediately the predator shows up. Like the predator yeah. shows up. What are we? Eight minutes eight into minutes. the film. Yeah. Because these these Colombians, because they've been sort of pushed back by Harrigan, Mike Harrigan, yeah. Danny Glover's character. They go into, I guess it's the top floor of this building in L.A. Yeah. Where they have an arsenal. Like it's it's an arsenal. Like it is machine guns and. RPGs and shit like that, and they all snuff up on cocaine. And immediately through the skylight comes the Predator, and you know Glover's people are waiting on the floor because they're waiting for special special uh, weapons. weapons. And the window, sorry, wasn't the window, like the wall blows out, and they charge up there, and they find all these people are slaughtered. Yeah. One of them's hanging from, from a skylight yeah. 30 feet up, they said, I think? Yeah. Then Danny Glover follows him onto the ceiling, and he sees the Predator yeah. in the cloaking. Like, he's cloaked, and we learn that... Um, well, this is right after they, they chase the Cubano boss yeah, up there. Yeah, the, the, And the he starts firing right at, at him. Yeah, yeah, because he yeah he chases him up to the ceiling, and, yeah, and Harrigan sort of holds his guns, like, you know, drop your weapon. Yeah. And Scorpio sees the... Yeah, right. Scorpio sees the Predator. Mm-hmm. Harrigan assumes he's shooting at him, because, of course, yeah. he doesn't see the Predator. Of course. So he shoots the guy. It's like, well, where's the Scorpio? Oh, he's down there having lunch. Yeah. Okay, because he fell. Nah. Uh, but, but he sees the... He yeah, sees he turns the Predator. Around. But the problem is... He's he freaking it. out because he's he's way too high for his own liking because he's afraid of heights. Yeah. So maybe he just imagines something to yeah. get me off this roof. He sees a distortion. He doesn't yeah. see the predator standing there without a cloaking yeah. device. Yeah. And right away though, the predator zeroes in on Mike Harrigan because what we've learned is that you know we learned in the first film is that the predator likes to hunt particular prey. Yeah. Though how you track in Los Angeles, a city of millions, how you track one dude is beyond me. Well, I mean, you're, you script. have you to take some. Be, yeah. You have to take some suspension of disbelief here. Yeah, fair though, enough. Though I do think that between the first and the second films, you see a bit of a difference. You get in the first film, he's not hunting Arnie; he's just hunting. Yeah, he's there to hunt, and these guys walk hunt. into his yeah. hunting ground. Whereas exactly. here, but it's the same thing here. Because what we're going to learn is yeah. that the predator needs two things. He needs the co- here. Sorry, he needs heat. Yeah. Which they sort of throw out an alien versus predator, or whatever. Still yeah. an awesome movie. Yeah. He needs a lot of heat. Because remember, the whole point of, of L.A. is that it's it's the hottest summer on record. Right. And he needs violence because yep. he only shoots people who are armed. Right. This is why he didn't kill the girl in the first movie. She wasn't armed. That's right. Yeah. It's why he um, doesn't kill a bunch of people in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, we do get to meet sort of his crew. And in the first film, it's the stereotypical native who has a spiritual <laughs> side to him. Here, it's Danny Boy, played by uh, Ruben Blades. Yeah. Who, same thing. He, he, it's, that when I said that's the through line, like Billy yeah. in the first movie, he keeps fingering that thing around his neck. 
But if you notice that uh, Danny does the same thing. I, I did not notice it. I was kind of yeah. going a little bit stereo blind by this point. Fair enough. Well, you see it later because remember when they visit his grave, the, yeah, the necklace the is hanging. Necklace. He keeps fingering it like it's yeah. a totem. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you'd think in Latino, they would just go with the cross. Yeah. But okay, fine. Whatever. You know what? It's, and there's the woman. They decide, this is the big advance for this movie. Uh, there's a girl in it and she's tough. But really, she's just a man. Mm. She's a man. She's yeah. a man with, 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 with uh, the appropriate yeah. uh, chromosomes. Pretty much. But, you know, she has no idea what's going on and it's just those guys. So they come out of the, they come out of the, they come out of this building mm-hmm. and the deputy police chief is there. And this is where we get to learn that Harrigan is your generic 80s rogue cop. Yeah. He does things his own way. Um, and, and, you know, he's, the, the chief is on his ass to play by the rules, but it gets, it's every bad 80s cop film. Right. And see, again, I didn't grow up with it, so I'm not sick of it. Yeah, whereas because, I've seen fifty damn movies like this. Yeah, like where said, the rogue goes, cop with the with the police chief yelling on him, "Damn you! You need to follow him by the rules. I'm going to take your badge and your gun." And yeah. it's like, "Oh fuck, you're out of here!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there are fifty movies like this. And actually, there's a really great television series with Don Johnson and um, Cheech Martin called Nash Bridges. Okay, which was a play on that formula, right? But it's comedic. Okay. And he's not an asshole. He's just a really nice guy. Okay. It's a great show. Nash Bridges. If you can Nash find Bridges, it online, okay. it's pretty cool. Like, this is from the 90s, but it's a good show. <laughs> a lot of good actors in it that I really like. But anyway, yeah, so he comes out and it's, this cop, I don't know the actor's name. He played one of the brothers in Goonies. He always plays, oh, he plays geez. the, he likes to play the Italian heavy. And here he's yeah. the, he's the deputy chief of uh, police. And at one point he says, no, get back to your cage in El Dorado. Which is what you say to a black dude, yeah. And and, yeah. and and actually, Mike Harrigan goes after him, and Danny is like, no, 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 no. He needs to drag him out yeah. of it. And it's like, so what we learned is that Harrigan doesn't play by the rules. He's a very, very angry man. Mm-hmm. He's ridiculously violent. He carries a ton of weaponry in his into the uh, trunk in, of his in, in the trunk of his car. Because what what exactly does he pull off of the roof of the trunk? There is that is that a, a shotgun? Twelve gauge? Well, it's a it's a shotgun. Yeah, because he uses that a lot. But he all sorts of handguns like yeah it's ridiculous it's childish like it's 80s silliness of this guy has an arsenal how many handguns do you need buddy yeah. and yeah like so this guy this is a cop who even in the 80s lapd one of the roughest uh, police forces out there like my right my, my uncle lives in hollywood and he describes the lapd as the gestapo which <laughs> maybe isn't fair but ask a black dude in la and he'd probably tell you not such a you know especially in the 80s. so if you have any, any lapd officers i hope you're a good officer and if you are thank you for your service but in the 80s the lapd didn't exactly have a good rep but right. anyway th- this is a hollywood or this is like this is a hollywood stereotype yeah this it's is a dramatization a, yeah. done for over done for dramatization well, yeah. yeah so yeah so that's like we're 16 minutes into the movie and really we this movie's done a really good yeah. job, quite the opposite of Predator 1. We it's know established it, characters. It's established characters. It's established exactly what's going on. We yeah. have a gang war with the cops caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. We know really everything we need to know about Harrigan. Yep. And and one thing they've all shown here is the Tony Pope character, the oh, slime yeah. bag. Uh, we, we learn that, you know, this guy, you know, this sort of tabloid ju- TV journalism, the hard copy bullshit. Yeah. It's all out. It, like it's, and he's just right there calling for the mayor to come in and declare martial, martial law. law. Hardcore. I've seen it in your face. It's like 
Who the hell's in charge down here? The cops? Uh-uh. They're outmanned, outgunned, and incompetent. Mr. Mayor, on vacation in your home in Lake Tahoe, get off your butt, get down here, and declare martial law! They can't. That's, no. You can only do that at the, uh, I think the, sti- I think a governor can do that. But, uh, whatever. The point is. Yeah. You know, he's not helping things. He's almost his own. There's two gangs. There's the Predator and there's Tony Pope. All these different adversaries that Harrigan has to deal with. And the, the police chief and later, of course, Peter Keyes. Right. Yeah, that's right. Peter Keyes lands. The feds are taking this over. Yes. This, and, and, and of course, they're all dressed the same as they work for the government. Yeah. Of course. They all, are all dressed the same. They all look the same. Yeah. They're all khaki pants with the, uh, the, the jacket. Yeah. And then the blonde the, hair and glasses. And the and glasses. Well, they're not all blonde hair, but. Aren't they all blonde? They're all, they're, they all look the same and they yeah. all have. They all have, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, briefcases. Like, okay, yeah. they're going to take this. So now we have all the players have been introduced in 16 minutes, and that's pretty cool. It is. That, and you know what? I'll give it to them. They did a good job of introducing the feds in this. They did a great job of kind of, this is a nod to now everybody who's seen the first film. Everybody who's seen the first film now knows, knows yeah. okay, the government. Even if you don't, yeah. you know, okay, I get it. Yeah. That's you fine. know that the government knows what's going on and they're yeah. trying to do something about it, but the menial players at the base level of this can't know anything yet. Yeah. And I like that. I love the, I love distrustworthy narrators. I love things being withheld uh, from unre- the audience. Yeah, the term is unreliable narrator. Un- yeah, yeah. Unreliable yeah, and that, narrator. Well, there isn't really one in this movie just not because in this, we're, we're, that, that's not the same as say like, uh, usual suspects where, yeah. uh, it's clear that Spacey's character, Verbal Kint, is lying yeah. to us. But here, yeah, like, we have, we have good guys we can't trust. Yeah. Like, because, they're, they're, the only bad guys here are the um, the gangs, and they're and barely the in the film. Like they're they're cannon fodder every time we see them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So the next scene is like at the police station. That's a goddamn war zone. And then you have you know the police chief, David Harrigan. I'm trying to keep you on the street. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Typical again, typical character. And then Peter Keys comes in, and he's kind of slimy. And it, the funny thing is, is he actually comes off as a pretty decent guy. And it's Harrigan who's the asshole. Yeah. It's like you know, sure, I'll cooperate with you because. Mm. Okay, sure. Yeah. So Peter Keyes gets in there and says, look, we have a lot of deep cover operatives. We're trying to stop King Willie from taking over all the distribution, which is clearly bullshit, but okay. And then we get to meet Jerry, the Lone Ranger, he's called. Oh, is that and, what he's called? Yeah, and this is this is Bill Paxton, who I think does a magnificent job. At first, we have no idea who he is, except that he's this loudmouth who never shuts the fuck up. Yeah. And eventually we discover that he is a replacement for someone, yeah. and that he has been assigned to Harrigan's team. I thought he asked specifically yeah. to go to that team. Well, yeah, he says, I, I fought to get here. Yeah. And, and Harrigan says, you know, that scares me. No one asks to come to Metro Command. It's a war zone. Yeah. And he's not the first person to say that in this film. No. And, you know, we learn that he's, you know, he's the so-called Lone Ranger. But actually the first thing we learn about him is, doesn't bode well for him because he's hitting on <laughs> um, Mary Conchita Alonso's character. And, she says, yeah, I heard about you. I heard about you. you. got your partner killed. And then she grabs him by the balls and says, I heard about that shit. If you pull that Lone Ranger shit on me, you can kiss these goodbye. And, okay, like, okay, she's as, to- she's as much a toxic man as any man in there. Mm. And the first thing that Jerry does when he limps into the, into the captain's office, or into the commander's oh, God, office, yeah. is, man, is she on the rag or what? Like, okay. I, th- I mean... I obviously I, I don't like the dialogue. Of, yeah, the, well, I mean, even earlier when uh, Captain Pope says to him, "Damn it, I need you to comply." He says, "In other words, you're cutting off my dick and sticking it up my ass." Yeah. Who who was sitting? Well, it was the Thomas brothers mm. sitting. You know, it's like, man, this is gonna go in the script. Yeah. Really? Again, See, it's this toxic masculinity that kind of grosses me out. 
I, I um, don't like the dialogue. I, I get it though. I kind of do because it, at least at this point, we'll they're trying to, them. they're, they're trying to establish something. And for God's sake, at least they're giving the woman something to be able to lash back with. She's yeah, not well, passive. She's, she's one of the men. She's yeah. one of the men. She's, well, I mean, I don't know. She's never treated this. in a feminine way. No, not ever. She's not treated in a feminine way. She's treating it in an equal way is kind of the way that I sort of. Yeah, but it. equally bad. Equally bad. Yeah. Yeah, she, she doesn't need to be a good character. Not all female characters are going to be good characters. I know. But you know what this is? This isn't, these are 80s characters. They are. They're totally and, 80s. And characters. they're, and they're, and they're sympathetic in an 80s context, but mm-hmm. in 2018, I just can't stand yeah. them. Maybe I'm just trying to make excuses for well, that's you know, fair. poor like, writing. That's, well, that's the I mean, the whole sub, the whole, the, the subtitle of this podcast is movies we thought were cool. Yeah. And we're sort of evaluating them like do they hold up yeah if you're looking for an 80s film these characters are just fine oh yeah it's a great um, 80s film it's a you know piss poor 2018 yeah. film yeah so <laughs> uh, I, it could have been done better yeah. yeah but you know danny glover gives his speech and it's essentially we're all in this together yeah. and whatever and the very next scene is first we hear this <laughs> and and you wonder is it you know it's another jungle thing and then it's we a realize gorilla. No. yeah and then you realize it's a woman riding her her boyfriend husband whatever the first 80s boobs of the series i think it is actually it is yeah well 90s but whatever but yeah well, we get to see her right. naked uh of course there's no reason they had to show that but they do no and it's a kick-ass looking apartment that's set directly. Oh yeah, it's got an Aztec look to it. The, and then the um, then the, the what do you call it? the Jamaican voodoo posse? Yeah. shows up brutally. So like, oh yeah, we see them kick in the door from lo- looking like from the apartment out to the front door. Right, and then they reverse the camera, so we're looking from the corridor leading to the door into the apartment. Yeah, and immediately what we see is one of the um, the Jamaican guys execute the one of the Colombian a drug lord. He's one of the Something. captains in this. He's a he's a distributor. Essentially, sure. execute his his um his bodyguard. Right. Yeah. And then immediately there's the sort of this jump cut, and they're hanging upside down in this voodoo ritual. Well, like, no, they came in and kicked the girl off the bed and dragged him out. And right. Then they drag him up. Right. They drag him up, and then they, yeah, and then we see them strung up and say, "Okay, guys, you're scaring me." It's like, "Yeah, I need to take your soul, man." It's yeah. Like, you take a soul, really? It's right, because you're voodoo, voodoo power, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, which, which I, I like. Okay, I'll give it to you for being camp. You want to be camp and funny, yeah. sure. But it just doesn't. It doesn't read. It doesn't yeah, read that it, way. It, it's bad for like it's. But I, so I they, don't know any Jamaicans, but I can't help but think they're looking at this and going, "Really?" I, I, I've, I've met Jamaicans. They would look at this and go, "Really?" Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but so I, yeah, like, I do like the scene because they go, "Okay, yeah, we were told that we need to take your soul. Yeah, and we're not allowed the guy to kill is smoking you." This big thing of ganja. Oh yeah, no, he's smoking a. Big old blunt. Yeah, um, and and then immediately we. I'm not sure how he gets in there, but the predators there. Well, I, we, we find out later that there's sort of roof tile access. Right, right, right. right. He probably gets in through the uh, the because apparently he's in movies as we know. Air static. vents aren't oh, small; yes. they're they're man sized. Oh, there's. Um, have you seen that uh, security camera footage from the 7-Eleven in? I want oh to say yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, in in, in uh, Brooks, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, that went viral. That was brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> no, it was, but she was going through the panel ceiling. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a pretty awesome one. Yeah, so Sorry. there's a shootout, and it's just – it's everyone shooting, and then we get to learn that the Predator has the um, the gun, the net gun. Yeah. And it's and it, and it sort of the, – the, the net catches you and pushes you against the wall, and there are spikes. Uh-huh. But then once the spikes are in, motors start pulling the net tight, yeah. and it actually cuts your skin. Yeah, which was really, really cool to kind of like – just. Again, I didn't come into this movie having, you know, lived through this era. I didn't yeah. see all the posters. I didn't know yeah. the new whereas, stuff that yeah, was coming. Whereas we know all the gear he yeah. has. But it, it's kind of neat. Like, we realize this guy's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. But it's Thing, cool. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's a neat scene. None of these characters are anything you care about. We did miss that just before the, the killing starts. The voodoo priestess does stab 
uh, the Colombian dude in the chest. Yeah. Tell you what I believe. Shit happens. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. yeah, and then he stabs the guy and then, then the predator comes in. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. But yeah, so there's this big shootout and that's sort of... Well, before we move on from that scene, mm-hmm. there is one thing that I kind of wanted to draw attention mm-hmm. to. And it's not something that... Like, I'd seen a couple of scenes from this movie beforehand. I'd never watched the actual thing. Yeah. I, I'd seen the final scene. Um, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. In, the, in the ship, yeah. But there's kind of a cool architectural connection, I think, between that apartment and the ship. If you kind of look um, at the Aztec feel of it, it's kind of like Aztec meets H.R. Giger and the ship at the end. Uh, yeah, there is. And they certainly run with that in, uh, what do you call it, in AVP. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, I hadn't thought of that. But yeah, you're right. Uh, it does have that sort of, it has that sort of Mesoamerican look to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, there's the slaughter. Yeah. And the next thing we get, immediately the press is there. And the press here is presented as this, like they're vultures. And of yeah. course, Tony Pope's there. And, and it's the same thing all over again. Well, we can't go up there. We're waiting for the, fed, the feds. Yeah. I didn't hear that. And up runs yeah. all these guys and they see, well, you know, I think Harrigan looks at them and he just looks at them and says, you didn't hear that. And then they. they yeah, I didn't hear. Them. Yeah. Because the minute, yeah, the minute the police officer on the scene says, we've been told not to go in there. And then conveniently that order comes out over the, the yeah, radio. Is, radio. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. It's a movie thing. Yeah. yeah so then they go into the. Uh, into the apartment. It? Into the apartment. And they sort of look around. There's a slaughter. They spot yeah. the spear tip in the ceiling. But yeah. They don't get a chance to, to see anything. And the lights sort of all suddenly they're, they're, they're bathed in light. And what we realize is that Keys and his guys crept into the apartment, set up these big, massive spotlights, yeah. and then turned them on for dramatic effect. Right. Okay. And they grab the woman. Yeah. They tried to grab the woman, but Mary yep. Conchita Alonso, because she survived because she's not armed. Right. She's buck naked. She's wrapped in the woman's jacket, the detective's jacket, and is sort of led away. And Keys essentially threatens them. Yeah. Right. You know, like stay the stay the hell away. Yeah, They're you don't know off. what you're dealing with here. Yeah. And they they wind up down on the on the street again and Harrigan tells Danny Boy, you know, I think come essentially it's here. come back later yeah. and, and, and work your magic. Because these guys are all clear, clearly highly skilled detectives. They yeah. they know how to break into places, which right. isn't a thing a detective should have. But well, the point is they're into surveillance. Like these are these are they're Hollywood detectives, which means these guys are Practically superheroes. Yeah, pretty also, much. Also, they don't need warrants, apparently. Well, no, um, what's a warrant? I don't yeah. know. And then in the very next scene, they're in a bar. Yeah. Uh, Bill Paxton's character, Jer- uh, Jerry, and the uh, you know Mary Conchita Alonso's character. And they sort of make up those two. Right, they wind yeah. up dancing together. Yeah. That's, or no. No, no. He goes he and passes, he passes her on the dance floor. And she says, how are your balls? And he says, fine. How, how are, are yours? yours? Yeah. Okay, okay whatever. Uh, I, be, I guess, again, maybe it's me being apologetic for the film. It's them reconciling and him seeing her as an equal now after having worked together. Yeah, fair enough. He sort of earned his way. And then he sends Jerry off to find, to track down the woman. Yeah. No, sorry. He's already done that. And he's meeting him at the pub. Right. Oh, Here, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He said, because, yeah, Jerry is sent to follow the woman in the ambulance. Right, And right, at the right. pub, he has his video his video equipment with him, and he says, yep. look, they never made it. Yep. Keys people were waiting. They ushered her into a helicopter, and off they went. And that's the last time we see her, isn't it? The girlfriend, the Colombian girlfriend. Yeah. 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 Uh, then the makeup scene happens, right? So we right. got that out of order. Yeah. And then the next scene is Danny Boy breaking back into the apartment, mm-hmm. and he grabs the... Um, the spear tip. The spear tip, and then he's killed. Yeah. And his... The, the thing around his neck that he's been fingering because he's um, he's superstitious. Uh-huh. That's that's actually how we see that Danny's been killed because right. he's on he's on the he's in the rafters of this apartment grabbing the spear tip, and he falls and is caught and, by the predator. And, and, no, he no he grabs a ledge of something that's invisible, and it's the predator's oh, arm oh, right, who right, then right. decloaks. He yeah. freaks out, lets go. 
somehow, in the space of a couple feet, he goes from hanging from his arms to, to falling upside down. upside down. The predator <laughs> grabs him by the the leg, hauls him up at a camera yeah. range. We see the the necklace fall and then a little bit of blood and we hear screaming, no, 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 ah! Yeah. And then the predator shrieks and whatever. And the next, and, and, and very next thing we see, we know he's dead. Yeah. And Harrigan is getting shit all over because he's being held responsible for... And it is his fault. It is, yeah. The death of Danny. He's rightfully um, responsible well, for sending one of his investigators um, back and, in there. But then we also, that's where we get the computer reading out his file that he's destroyed police cars. Yeah. He's... Lieutenant Michael R. Harrigan. Violence prone. Obsessive compulsive personality. A history of excessive physical force throughout his 18 years as a Los Angeles police officer. Also responsible for the destruction of 11 patrol cars, a city bus... What about 10 commendations for Valor? And the best felony arrest record in the history of this department. Uh, he's been obsessive-compulsive disorder. He's like, he's he. This man doesn't belong in a police force. No. And then we realize that the deputy chief is there, and uh, Harrigan's captain says he also has the highest, was it the highest felony arrest record in this department. He's won many yeah. uh, medals for Valor, and the... the Bad guy police chief, deputy police chief says, that and me directly appealing to the mayor are the only reason you still have a job. Yep. Now leave this alone. And he comes out of, you know, and so he sort of wanders off and he spots keys. He has a, a an argument with him that has no purpose yeah. other than to show, I'm on you keys. Yeah. You don't know what you're up against. Yeah. That's where okay. that line came from. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's one of these scenes. It's a perfunctory scene that doesn't need to be there. Why is it there? What's it's, the point? It's there to establish that he is he's a badass. It's the same reason yeah, that in a, Highlander a, we had that whole interchange. It's to know yeah, like, he in, knows. I know that you know that you know that I know. Yeah, yeah exactly. I guess so. And, and it's it's clobbering you over the head with plot. Yeah, <laughs> in the meantime, then we eventually move on to the coroner's office. The coroner has examined Danny's body, yeah. and they found the the spear point. I forget how it was. He I think holes. it was clutched in his hands. Yeah, and someone slipped it to him or something. I don't quite so, remember. But like, yeah, she's examining uh, and she realizes it does not have, you know, this metal, it's, it's, it's almost weightless. Her. Yeah, and, and it doesn't correspond to anything on the periodic table. Sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay. Uh, we realized that his heart was cleaved in two. That's how Danny died. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, and the very next thing is that Danny says to the Mary Conchita Alonso's character, I need to speak to King Willie, the right. head of the voodoo gang. Yeah. And we realize immediately that the Predator is, in fact, tracking him. Yeah. Him specifically, Him Harrigan. specifically. And which I, I did like in this movie. You get this ascension of, of targets. First, yeah, he was, instead it's just, you guys are in my way, yeah. to mano a mano with Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And the next Predator, clearly they're also just to kill whoever he can. But yeah, the yes. minute he sees a someone worth tracking, yeah, he is Harrigan, on him. He's on him. And it's yeah. kind of cool. It does make like it does make him, again, it makes him a movie monster. It does. But he's interesting. Like, but I... I think the part that I like about it most is the fact that he, in at least the way I read it at the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, Predator is trafficking Scorpio. Is that what he calls himself? The the Colombian. The Colombian. He's, he's yeah. He's, he's he's he appears. Well, I think he's attracted to the to the gun battle between the Scorpios, mm-hmm. the Colombian gang, mm-hmm. and the police. I think that's okay. what gets his attention. They never quite say. Yeah. Well, to me, like just the fact that he follows this one guy up to the roof and he is tracking this. Well, that's because he's the only one to get away. Remember, Fair. he drops down and he slaughters all those all those Scorpio guys yeah. who are hopped up on coke and, and and weighed down by fifty pounds of ammunition. And this is the guy who gets away. Yeah. See that? I guess that was my my misread of it because, like in my mind, the predator was specifically tracking him. He sees. 
his initial target get killed by someone oh, the else. Long the long black-haired guy? Yeah. No, I think it's just he's the one who survives the Okay, battle. that's so, fair. He's the most distinctive-looking one yeah. of these these disposable Colombians. Right. Yeah. It's hard to tell. They never, like, you never, they never explain, like, they'll go anywhere for a kill, but I mean, yeah. later they go into the subway. Right. But at that point, he's strategizing. He wants to isolate Harrigan by wiping out his partners. That's what right. he's doing in the subway. He's yeah. not just, hey, let's go kill people, hope there's guns on the subway. No, exactly. no, he's tracking Jerry and, and, and the woman. But in the meantime, again, you know, uh, King Willie has agreed to see Harrigan. They put him in the, and, you know, right outside, right outside the police station, yep. these guys pull up with machine guns, uh-huh. open the door. Smoke how, blows, blows out. out how the driver can see. <laughs> I'm no. just going to assume that there's a glass wall between that compartment and the driver's compartment. Yeah, because, like, they really went over the top with this <laughs> thick shit smoke coming out of it. And you just, like, you guys ever think of cutting down and they laugh. And, yeah. like, I mean, look, this guy is a, this is another 80s trope. The, the detective who communicates with the enemy. Yeah. They can sit down and have coffee and have this conversation. Right. Uh, who does used to do that in these shitty films? Um, a douchebag with the long ponytail who lives in Russia now. Who thinks he's, who thinks he's his films. Steven Seagal. Oh. He, he had ones like that where, you know, he talks to the Italian mob like right. he's, you know, we're on opposite sides, but I respect you. And it's like, oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and this is, an, again, another 80s trope. That, you know, yeah. you could talk to your enemy. Yeah. Whereas you see a movie called Heat, the amazing movie with, with, um, De Niro and, and Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. De Niro plays a bank robber. Pacino plays uh, a cop who deals with, you know, bank robberies. Yeah. And at one point they sit down and have coffee with each other. Yeah. It's one of the best scenes in cinema. But again, that's a, that's a whole level other of awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it's none of the tropes that this is. No, it's um, just, it's. I'm going to go meet with the enemy because I can't. Yeah. So he meets with King I, Willie. And it's funny because he actually looks like a pretty young guy. King he, he does look like a young guy. But he uses a cane. He does. A sword cane. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that's not just for dramatic Decoration, effect. yeah. I think you know who he is. <laughs> I want him. I don't know who he is. But I know where he is. The other side. What are you talking about? The spirit world, man. You know, he throws the bones. It's the spirit world, man, from the other <laughs> side. Um, and I'm not mocking their accents because no, it's that bad. It is that bad. Um, essentially, King Willie has come to the conclusion that whatever this thing is, he can't beat it. Yeah. So here's another brown person who has spiritual beliefs, who seems to have more insight than the white guy. Yeah. Harrigan here is the white guy, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. This is a trope that's now played out three times. Mm-hmm. Danny Boy in this film before and Billy in the last mm-hmm. film. It's kind of silly. But I mean like at least with with Danny you didn't get the spirituality aspect of it. He could he He's could just a little freaked out. Fidgeting with a necklace because he's fidgeting with a necklace. There's no real correlation. Yeah, there. but maybe that's just the impression I got it's the yeah. spirituality thing, but it's yeah, you're right. It's hard to tell, but yeah, King Willie is just he's he's kind of accepted he's fucked. Yeah. And, you know, he's from the other side. Time for you to go now, policeman. Okay. Yeah. So off he goes, and immediately what happens is the predator shows up. And, of course, yeah. because it's been raining and it's and there's puddles everywhere, right. this is where we first get to see the predator properly. Mm-hmm. Because he's standing in puddles, and apparently that's enough to yeah. get rid of his whatever, fine. Well, but to be fair, it's it's intermittent, and it's yeah. deeper puddles, so I'll, sure. I'm okay. But it's fine. a neat scene. You see him come at the uh, King Willie, and he starts screaming, and then the scream carries into the next shot where he's got King Willie's severed head. head. Yeah, and just he's carrying head. it off. And he carries it off. 
and he he goes. We don't see where he goes, but he's clearly back in his ship. Yeah, and he and he, and he strips it down to the uh, to the bone. Yeah. Um, so now, the one thing I kind of did like here is that you you've got a Jamaican guy going up against the predator, both of whom have, have dreadlocks. dreadlocks. Yeah, dreadlocks. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, th- th- were there dreadlocks in the first film? Yeah, did you have dreadlocks? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like the one thing about this film that Roger Ebert noted is that he everyone who is not white is a danger. Yeah, the brown Colombians versus the brown Jamaicans. It's it's very much the straight laced white versus the other and. Uh, he, Roger Ebert looked at the dreads in, on the Predator and said, well, maybe that's, you know, meant to be another, you know, one of those br- things brown people do, dreadlocks. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, that's, that's Roger Ebert and his look at it. Maybe he doesn't remember yeah. the dreadlocks from the first film. I honestly don't know. I think they make look, the, the Predators look cool as hell. I agree. Dreadlocks. Looking at um, it, it just, it doesn't seem like it's meant to be something that's, in provocative of a black person. It's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I, just, it's, it's a hunter who has yeah. found something to do with his hair or whatever yeah. it is that predators have. Yeah. Roger Ebert enjoyed the first film more or less. He hated the second one. Yeah. Um, I get that. Yeah. Because, he, you know, he's, he, this poor guy, you know, he spent the 80s reviewing 80s films, right? So <laughs> a lot more than we are. But oh, yeah. so, yeah, but he, he, that's how he intimated. I mean, maybe I'm just mentioning that. So here's another point of view of Roger Ebert, a highly respected right. a movie reviewer that he, he viewed a sort of racial animus in the film. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can attribute that to the writers or the director here, but mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah. And so the very next thing we get to see is, there, you know, um, Mary Conchita Alonso's character and Jerry, uh, they're back at the corner. Mm-hmm. They realize that whoever had killed Danny was in a slaughterhouse. Yes, so we're getting close right, to right, right, right. The blood. And, and the yeah. very, we learn that because Harrigan's on the phone with them from a phone booth. Yeah. Which, for those of you who, who oh, you know, goodness. for the younger, youngins here, that's a payphone in a metal, bo- in a metal and glass box. Uh, but as soon as he hangs up, he looks around and behind him is a store where there's taxidermy animals. Right. And you, because you realize this is about, you're about being hunted. And the next, the very next scene is him visiting Danny's grave. And we realize the predator has followed him mm-hmm. and he's actually spotted a little boy who thinks he sees a ghost and says, want some candy, mister? And he, rec- and, and the predator records that. Right. Well, why is the predator chasing or why is the predator stalking Paragon to the uh, graveyard? Because he wants to poke him. Yes. Because he and never he- confronts him. No. He leaves Danny's necklace hanging from a tree where Harrigan will find it. Right. So now he realizes he's being stalked. And I love that because it, yeah, now yeah. it it stops this from being, in my mind, a monster movie. It's not a monster movie anymore when this thing has impetus, has thought, has plans. You're right. You're right. Like, yeah, he's he's um, he's got a he's not just killing whoever's in front of him. Exactly. He's, he's got a particular strategy. I still think it makes it a monster movie, but it makes him more than. Because in monster movies, like, you know, the mummy's always after chasing one particular right. person, but whatever. It just, it, it creates more agency for the predator. Yeah. For He's, that that scene, it gives the predator a character besides something that just wants to kill the toughest thing that yeah. it can find. And the very next scene is in the subway, which right. in 1980, I think, I think it was two stops on the subway. <laughs> LA, isn't really, LA really isn't a subway city. No. Uh, they tried, but yeah, we, we see, you know, there's a run, again, this running joke of dangerous, Everyone in, in LA is, you know, the sort of dangerous city of LA, everyone is armed. Uh, there's <laughs> a holdup. Like this. Yeah, every, there's a holdup. You look like a sympathetic oh. dude. My uh, partner here needs an operation, but uh, we're a little short of cash, if you know what I mean. No need for that. Mm. 
Get the hell away from me! I know how to use this thing! You got a cap Don't make me use this thing! Get mine! Bigger than yours! I'll take that! Hold it, please! We're in trouble now. Nobody move! Everyone on the subway has a gun. And that's played for comic comedic effect. Yep. But then immediately the predator shows up right. on the top of the subway, well shot. Yep. And we figure, why is he there? Well, he's talking, he's stalking Jerry. Yeah. And the other one. And this comes back around to, you know, every, every scene that you've seen from uh, a, a mercenary group who's trying to take down a cartel lord. Again, let's just come back to the obvious reference that's relevant right now of Wildlands, where you're taking down the subordinates before you take out a kingpin. Yeah, fair enough. You know, he's deciding, he's trying to prompt Harrigan to do something. Yeah. I'm not sure what, but mostly, yeah, he's, this is a challenge. Let's kill all his partners first. Yeah. And there's this, I didn't like the scene because he knocks out the lights in the subway. So you get the sort of, you know, the subway's racing down the tunnel. It's passing lights. So it creates a strobe effect. Mm-hmm. And of course, because everyone on the subway car, uh, subway car is armed, including a little old lady, <laughs> he kills them all. Yeah. And somehow it winds up being just Jerry and the predator on, that car. Oh, right. Because Jerry sends his he sends, partner yeah, everyone else to, to evacuate everyone. You go forward, push everyone to the next carts. Yeah. And that's where we see the scene of Jerry's at the end of the cart firing point blank at the predator. But because the predator is cloaked, we see through him and those bullets, I'm sorry, are hitting him. Yeah. No, and, and the predator isn't getting hit. And it, it, this is what bothers me is he's bulletproof when they need him to be. Yeah. And that's silly. Why not have him? Jumping back and forth. Why not see the blur moving left and right? He's just so fast that Jerry can't keep it's up. It's plot armor. And Jerry gets killed. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, when when you really sit down and, and look at the Predator itself... He's not a fast mover. He's, he's, he's not. He's no. just a lumbering guy. He's pretty lumbering. I mean, his body armor is a, you know, fishnet bodysuit. Um, well, I think that's the cloaking device. I think that's what that's intended. Oh, is that what that that's is? That's my okay. guess. But, yeah, he's got, he's got shorts on so we don't see his Predator wang. He's got... Uh, uh, essentially, what would you call? It? Essentially, like uh, football shoulder pads, yeah, if you more imagine. Or less, yeah, but, you know, and he, he's got uh, gauntlets on. Yeah. not gauntlets, um, bracers, bracers on his wrists. But I mean, those um, are there for we. we he's know got all sorts of cool yeah. gear on him. He has, but bracers also on his legs. He has knee pads. He, now, his feet are bare. Yeah, his hands are bare, and of course, he's got the kick-ass helmet. I will give the concession about the bulletproofness that we see. The Predator does get shot a lot in this movie. He gets shot on the subway. He gets shot point blank by Harrigan in the meat locker. No, but in the subway, he never takes a, he never takes a hit. Be, well, I mean, we can, we can assume that he doesn't, well, that No, either, he doesn't, no. For the, in fact, the first injuries he really takes are when he goes up against Harrigan and mm-hmm. he has to, he has to make the goo that fixes him. Right. Um, what was it that severed his arm? It was the it was his own weapon. His own weapon. Yeah, see, that, that, that's later. That's later. Right. Yeah. But we do see that the real the only thing that really injures or kills the predator mm-hmm. in the first movie is a giant log dropping on his head. In this movie, it's his own weaponry. So we can kind of make well, a bit of an inference that yeah. maybe modern bullets just aren't as effective against whatever kind of but yet plating takes, that but these you, guys but have. Because no, he takes shots in the first movie, that's where we see the blood early on. Yeah, he like it, he, it's, he gets it's not consistent. I think he gets shot a lot. Yeah, but it's, just, it's not very consistent. No, it's, it's a little not. silly. We're, so, I'm, again, I'm trying to make excuses for, yeah, for and, not and, perfect and, plot. And, and yeah, so you know, once the the subway finally stops, Alonzo's character goes back. She encounters the predator. Yeah. Interesting enough, she is armed. He doesn't kill her because he picks her up by her her neck, the standard to lift him off the ground. Right. But then he looks down and realizes she's pregnant. And he yeah. chooses not to kill her. Yeah. Again. This is an 80s movie. You don't get to kill girls. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he does. He kills a bunch of women on the subway, but well, we don't get to see it. Well, these aren't these aren't girls that we are familiar with. Yeah, or have and, any and certainly you can't kill a pregnant woman. No. And then the very next thing that happens is, you know, Harrigan arrives. There's blood everywhere. Harrigan goes running through the subway where apparently the Predator's been waiting for him. It's probably an hour since this slaughter. Yeah. And yet the Predator is only 20 feet away because he's been waiting for Harrigan. He yeah. knows Harrigan's coming. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, Maybe he's killing Jerry and Alonzo's character uh, because he knows Harrigan will show up. And, and it's like he waits. And then there's this chase and it's a rooftop chase and it's kind of neat. And halfway through it, and like he's at one point, this is where Jerry, this is where Tony Pope's character gets punched. Yeah. Hey, more victims, more mutilation. Fuck you. Oh, were you there, Pope? Punches him in the face. Yeah. And that's kind of cute. Yeah. I mean, I'll give um, I'll give the actor credit that he's parodying himself and he's letting it happen. Yeah. I'm sure he's just thrilled to be in a movie. Oh, probably. But yeah, so the chase goes on, and at one point, you know, Harrigan's in a car. And this is a car. I don't know how he sees them because the predator's on the roof, and it's you know it's, yeah. a, it's a car with a it's a car with a hood, mm-hmm. and yet he's still able or a roof, and he's still able to see him, yeah. but he's not paying attention because immediately what happens is he gets struck by another vehicle and a monster truck because apparently the yeah. the the government guys have a monster truck. Why do they have a monster truck in Los Angeles? Because Ooh, fuck the, you, we're the fuck CIA. You, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and they drag this. The CIA goons drag him out of his car. Yeah. Um, that he's been hit. This is remember. This is no. Uh, there's no um, airbags. No. Drags him into the back of a, a no van. No zones either. Um, where we see these guys in in metal suits, or sorry, not metal suits. They're like, like the tin hazmat foil, suits. Hazmat almost. suits with these these cool rigs on their back. Yeah. And we'd actually seen them once before in a scene where they were preparing an area spring. It was something we had no idea what they were doing. I don't remember that. Scene. Yeah, it's a 30 second scene. You blink and you miss it, okay. and, and it didn't need to be there. And what we learn is. That essentially Peter Keyes lays it all out. Yeah. This predator has been here before. Ten years ago, one of his kind stalked and eliminated an elite special forces crew in Central America. There were two survivors. They indicated that when trapped, the creature activated a self-destruct device that destroyed enough rainforest to cover 300 city blocks. Remarkable weaponry. That's right, Lieutenant. Other world life forms. Huh? A fucking alien. Iwo Jima, Cambodia, Beirut, drawn by heat and conflict. He's on safari. Lions, the tigers, the bears. Oh, my. Anything you didn't already know from the first film, yeah. and you hadn't guessed in the second film, he lays it out. No. And Which, he's a- yeah, this is the, sort of the Hail Mary pass for those of you up in the cheap seats. It's, it's sort mm-hmm. of the, the we're going to recap everything here. Just and, in case, yeah. yeah. And this is so, this is the point where it goes so blatantly, this should have been Arnold Schwarzenegger's character from the first movie. Yeah. And, and because and he not- has a vendetta. Yeah, exactly. And, and instead it's just... Peter Keyes, who's just this super, look, he's a PhD, he's, he's, yeah. he's a smart guy, he's a scientist, blah, blah, blah. But I have no investment in this character because no. we've only seen him for a minute and he's a slime bag. He's yeah. your typical, he's a federal, dick. he's, he's the typical, uh, movie federal agent of stay away from us. He's the man yeah. in black without black. Exactly. Um, he's the man so, in yeah, off gray. Yeah. And so they know the predator is coming. He comes every few days to this meatpacking plant right, to, to feed, to feed, and they have sprayed everything with radioactive uh, particles. Maybe that's why they're in the hazmat suits. I thought it was. Was it radioactive? Yes. Okay. Because that's right. how. Because that's how they're going to mess up his vision, right? Right. 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 Um, right. And then they have they have guns that are that cryo, are cryo guns. to freeze him. Yeah. Because he doesn't do well in the cold. And there's an attempt to capture them. Obviously, that goes wrong. Mm-hmm. We have the standard view of you know uh, in in this trailer where all these screens are. We see Harrigan 
watching because they can track him. Yeah. Watching, going, he's right behind you. He's right on top of you. Oh my we god, have he's the right scene there. From Alien. Is he? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's exactly what it is. And everyone gets slaughtered. And Harrigan, you know, escapes from the the trailer and mm-hmm. opens up his big fucking arsenal car and he grabs an M16 with an M203 grenade a, a, a launcher. Grenade launcher because of course the LAPD has those. Uh, and, it's the states. And and it, it's more of a shootout and more of a fight and it's not even worth talking about because it's just more bullshit. But then it becomes a chase and yeah. again, like the first film, now the protagonist takes the predator on in his own way. Right. In a melee way. It's not about guns anymore. It's no. about climbing and running. And at one point he catches up with he winds up on the ledge of a building. Well and we, the predator grabs him and yeah. realizes he's it's interesting because the predator is not like he's hurt. He's been shot a few times at yeah. this point. But for some reason he decides to immediately set up his self-destruct. Yeah. And I'm not sure how it happens, but at this point Harrigan has his like his it's like a boomerang, but it's a full disc. Yeah. And it cuts through, well, it cuts through, it cuts uh, Peter Keys in half at the waist. Yeah. And somehow Harrigan winds up with it and he it uses was, it to cut. It was stuck in the wall when the Predator was falling. I think he was trying to use it to catch himself. And Something like that's, that. And Harrigan has to reach up, grab it. And then as he's trying to grab it, that's when the Predator is setting up the bomb. He Yeah, he cuts the Predator's yeah, arm off. Yeah. The Predator falls and apparently that deactivates the bomb. Well, okay. I don't know. Maybe he cut through the bomb arming mechanism itself. Or he uses body heater. Who knows? Whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. There'll be no nuclear explosion in LA yeah. today. So then he um, grabs onto a drain pipe as yeah, he falls off. The predator obviously. escapes. And at some point, the predator... This is one of the neater things, is that he has a, a stomach injury or like in his side. Yeah. Um, which in movies isn't a bad injury to have. In real life, if you have a bullet wound in either your left or right side, like, oh, I'm going to die. Really yeah. quickly. Um, See our Highlander episode for my breakdown on that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um... At least someone tries to sleep with the predator, but yeah. yeah. So he he oh, sort of he he breaks into a bathroom and he breaks the mirror and he crunches up the mirror and, and, and chunk of drywall. Wall, drywall. Yeah. He mixes it in some with some goo that he carries on him and it yeah. creates this this hot paste that he yeah. pushes over the wound, which hurts. Yeah, but he puts it on with a trowel, a literal yeah. trowel, and he, rawr, he yells. So over his side and then over his new arm stump. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. He, that, that's what he's fixing. He's fixing the uh, the arm stump as yeah. well. And essentially, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's first aid. Yeah, stops you from bleeding out. And then there's you know more of a there's more of a chase. Yeah, and they wind up like there's a couple of amusing things like where he's he's in the he's oh, in the he's washroom. climbing down the drain pipe. Yeah, is, like is he, where we get there. he like he he fixes himself in the washroom. Yeah, and the woman who owns the apartment has like a, a broom. Yeah. And she's standing outside the uh, washroom door, and he comes ripping through the door. Yeah. And that's kind of funny, I yeah. guess, for a couple it was, seconds. It was cute. Yeah. And then Harrigan chases him into his ship. An elevator, or into the elevator shaft first. Which well, into the elevator shaft, which leads into the sewers, yeah. which leads into, into the, the ship, ship, which, as you said, has that sort of H.R. Giger meets Mesoamerica. Yeah. And he manages to kill him again with the the, the circular disc. disc thingy. Yeah. And, of course, it's a... Uh, like any action movie, he barely manages it. Yeah. He's exhausted. And, but you know what? Uh, he, I liked this scene. I liked the fact that the... Yeah, but this guy's got two feet on him and probably 100 pounds of muscle. Yeah. It's... They they did... Uh, I, you, okay, you look at it. He's This guy's not a superhero. He's, what, sort of late 30s, he's early 40s. Yeah. He's a uh, he's a badass cop, but he's still just a cop. Yeah, he, he's not a muscle-bound super soldier like Arnie was yeah. in the first one. He gets the crap beat out yeah, of him. Yeah, and he still wins, and I guess that's, again, that's a conceit of an action movie. Yeah. But then, yeah, then he sort of stands up, and what happens? 
all these other predators yeah. decloak around and says, okay, who's next? And Well, it, it wasn't just like a badass, okay, who's next? The guy is just defeated. Oh, he you knows he's going to die. Yeah, yeah. Like He, it, it, he drops a- the thing to the ground and goes, okay... Who's next? Who's yeah, next? knowing he's yeah. going to die. But the neat thing is that one of the guys comes out, and he's clearly an older predator. Yeah. Uh, he's really grizzled, and... He's not wearing a mask, is no, he? No. Yeah. No. Because at one point, during the... In the, in the fight scene in the... In the, um, in the cooler. In the cooler. Yeah. He takes his mask off and says, yeah. you are one what? ugly... And the, and the predator finishes, motherfucker. Yeah. Because, of course, it's an 80s action film, so everyone has to swear like a sailor. Well, that... And it's a nice callback to the first film, when Arnie said it. You are one ugly motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. And it's just... It's a... Prof- it's, it, it, that's another thing that... Uh, that Ebert complained about is that the profanity in this movie is a really a lot. And it is. Yeah. Again, it's 80s bullshit. Yeah. I swear. But yeah. <laughs> so he meets the other predators and the, the sort of the elder predator shows up and he hands him a matchlock pistol. Yes. And says, Take it. Yeah. So and it's hard to tell whether he's also playing a recording of someone's voice or mm-hmm. whether, in fact, he speaks the language. Yeah. And he's, and essentially he's giving, he, he has killed the predator. He's allowed to leave now. Yeah. Fair enough. And he runs and that's when he reads the, 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 the inscription. And, and so you. Yeah. So can you actually, can you pull up the shot where they um, show the, the plate on the pistol? Sure. Uh, Raphael Adolini. Okay. Okay. So okay. who's Raphael? Other than it's clearly intended to be. Italian, there's a date on it too. 1771. 1771. Okay. 17, uh, 1715. Sorry. 17, Way okay. wrong. Okay. okay. So, uh, we have. Uh, so, this did, is the pistol the elder predator throws yeah. at him. Pistol, give, uh, pistol given to our main character our here. Main, yeah. Apparently, actually belonged to a pirate captain who teamed up with a predator. Okay. So, his pirate crew turns on him. This is in a comic book, by the way. Oh, okay. So, in, so this is an internal yeah, yeah. universe. Like, this is the Predator universe reference. Yeah, I this is not, okay. this is not apocryphal. This is something that happened in yeah, a Predator comic. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, pirate captain has his crew mutiny on him and they try to take off with, uh, his treasure. Right. He starts going after and hunting down his own crew. Okay. Predator teams up with him. Interesting. And then they, uh, at the end, I think that they wind up fighting to the death and he takes that as a trophy. Yarr. Yeah. Well, the predator, the, the predator takes the pistol as a trophy. That's neat. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. That's kind of cool. You know, the Heia Toys, which is out of Japan, they made these little figures that we have here. Yeah. And it's all the Predator 2 Predators. Okay. And the, the tribal leader, because they have to give them all names, of right. course. None of them matter because none of them had names. No. Uh, the only one is City Hunter Predator, but the yeah. the tribal one has the pistol. Okay, that's yeah. neat. They're, the, the one neat thing is when we see all these different Predators is we realize they're they're not soldiers. They don't have a uniform. Yeah. They all have the helmet. They all have that kick-ass spear. Mm-hmm. And they Which have we mo- didn't see in the first one, did we? I think the spear only appeared in two. I think you're right. Yeah, because the other one, mostly he uses his his, uh, his, his uh, cannon. shoulder cannon, the yeah. power cannon, as you, you said they, they called it. Uh, yeah, he has way more cool weapons than the second one. Yeah. And yeah, so they all have that, because that gives a very tribal, yeah. headhunter-ish look to them. Yeah, so, but they're all, the masks are all different, the armor is different mm-hmm. design. Like, they all have the football shoulder pad things, but they all look different. Yeah. And it's one of those things that you sort of wonder whether they went and they found the artistic designs for the original Predator, mm-hmm. designed by Stan Winston. Though that's the second. We have to talk about the Predator design for a second. Yeah, but oh I think these are all the these are all the iterations before they chose one. Right. Okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah. So very quickly, the original Predator in the original movie was always intended to be sort of green screened on. Yes. But you don't do green screen in a uh, in the jungle. In, in the jungle. So the the actor it was Jean Claude Van Damme. Is, yes. Originally comes, comes to America and they put him in this ugly ass red 
costume lobster and he ran costume. around it. Lob, it looks like a lobster very much like a lobster costume the idea being that in post-production they would draw over him right but it didn't work <laughs> it was a disaster and either he quit or was fired because he was furious he thought he was yeah. going to um he thought he was going to have a chance to show off his martial arts yeah he thought and he was going to be jean-claude van damme yeah. is an alien yeah and and then they brought in stan winston the the master of special of, of practical special effects right he designed the predator and they made the the outfit all thick rubber and they filmed it, and he created, because at this point, anyway, we just sort of talk about the two movies together. Yeah. He created what I think is one of the most iconic, cool as hell, monster designs. The yeah. alien is distinctive, and I, and, he, and he's gorgeous. The, the xenomorph, yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna grab this guy real quick. Go ahead, do it. He's, he's hooked underneath. It's fine, it's fine. It's oh, it's good. rubber. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay, so yeah, we've got, uh, we've, we've got, got the xenomorph from the alien films, yeah. and we have the predator. Um, right in front of us. They're kick-ass cool. Like there's, and they're all Stan Winston, but well, that's not true. The Xenomorph no. is, it's H.R. Giger. Yeah. There are, there's a reason why 30 years later, they're still making movies about these two types Absolutely. of monster movies. They're, they're like the mummy. Yeah. Which, okay, the mummy isn't really a monster movie design. But it's, it's very it's, iconic. It's very iconic or, you know, or, or the, the Frankenstein from the movies who looks nothing like the Frankenstein from the book. Right. It's like the predator is Awesome! It's no wonder why they wanted to make a Predator versus Alien comic book, the ultimate Predator movie monster versus the ultimate Predator movie monster. Like, exactly. It, it's a very cool idea. I mean, and, you, and, you and, just, and it's a beautiful design. You look at them, and I think what what really did it a lot for me for mm-hmm. both of these uh, designs is the fact that it's you you start with a human and yeah. then you twist it. So you start with the human here. You've got a basic human anatomy-ish with uh, with the alien. The, the long head. You've got you you elongate the head. You've given it a, a second mouth. But I mean, at the and end of the day, things coming out the back. I don't know yeah. what the hell those are. They look like fungal growths. Yeah. So um, then you've got and that terrifying hands. tail. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the terrifying. But, but yeah, tail. but the hands are, are are human, and that makes them scary. Yeah. The hand makes it human. The fact that it's just like. It's human until you just hit something that's wrong. It's human well, right down the legs until you hit this ankle. The, the dog leg, yeah. yeah. It's and, human and the, the mouth face. and the mouth. And, yeah. Well, that's the very sexual ickiness of H.R. Giger, who yeah. I swear to God needs needed to get laid. Well, but, the pre- but, but, you know, but the predator is almost entirely human until you see the face. Exactly. And it's got the, 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 of course, because it's a foul mouth movie, they call him Pussy Face. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he's got these cool mandibles. And by the way, apparently that was James Cameron's. Yeah, idea. it was James Cameron. Um, because Stan Winston was on a flight to Japan for something mm-hmm. and happened to be sitting with James Cameron and was doing the sketches. Yeah. And I think it was Cameron that said, you should give, give him mandibles. I think, yeah. I, I think that's the story, but that's um, what I heard. Yeah, and me too. So the predator is cool looking. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. I want a video game where I get to play the predator. There is an amazing, it's called Alien vs. Predator 2, AVP 2. Uh-huh. Okay. It is a first person shooter okay. that it mixed in aliens, predators, and colonial marines. Okay. And there's three different campaigns. And as the predator, it's all first person, which means I can't play it anymore. Yeah. I absolutely recommend this because you, there's multiplayer. Uh, so you can yeah. be a colonial marine. Oh, you have okay. all the sound effects. Oh, cool. You can be the alien, which means you can climb on the ceiling. Yeah. Or you can be the predator. Yeah. And the neat thing is in the, the alien campaign, you start as a facehugger. Oh, nice. You're along the floor. You grab the guy. Uh-huh. You impregnate him with an egg. And the next time you see him, you're, it's the point of view of you bursting through his chest. Uh-huh. And slowly you grow into the full-size alien. Nice. But the Predator one, you know, you get the different vision and you jump around. Yeah. I mean, this this game is, I think, at this point, 15 years old. Right. But it's still worth playing. Mm-hmm. And it's the only game outside of, like, console games where you can play the Predator. And yeah. Alien vs. Predator, the end the Super Nintendo game, is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yeah. And there's a few of those. There's a bat... Like, the Predator's been used... There's a Batman vs. Predator comic series. Oh, really? Hey, that's a cool idea. Yeah, that Again, is cool. Again, the Batman Arkham games have the Predator sections. Yeah. The Predator, he's just awesome. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to look at the Predator. I mean, from any point of view, from a from a design point of view, yeah. from a thematic point of view, and just say, uh, eh, it's not. There's no, nothing. Awesome. There's nothing eh about the character. Yeah. Doubly so once you start developing more of a, a rich, you know, culture and backstory yeah, like in, for in the an Alien versus Predator, which is batshit crazy chariots <laughs> of the gods nonsense. Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's cool. Yeah, there's nothing that's not. Cool. Like, point point out something that's boring about yeah. any of these characters. But it's the only movie that's done it right because it's the only yeah. movie that treats the Predator as what it should be. Yeah. The most interesting character. Yeah. None of the characters in Alien versus Predator, none of the humans are interesting. No. I mean, the female protagonist who survives, she's well, pretty cool. Yeah. I she's mean, left to freeze to death in the Antarctic, but what are you going to do? You have, but, you have cool characters, but, but at but the end of the day, we're interested the, in, in who's the Predator. Doing, yeah, we're doing... We're interested in who's being proactive. Yeah. I mean, you can look at the alien and say, yeah, aliens are being proactive. Well, they're really not. They're, they're just animals. surviving. They're animals. Yeah. They're, they're, they're relatively intelligent animals. But as Bill Paxton, as Hudson says, they're animals, man. Yeah, they are. And but then, the predator is a thinking. Well, the, the predator is a civilized. Okay. Yeah. It's a, a sentient, highly intelligent, advanced alien race. Which has a purpose. It has yeah. an intent. Oh, we forgot about predators. Oh, yes, that's right. That movie where a bunch of axe murderers and whatever wind up. And that could have been an interesting one because Topher Grace's character, Uh he seems out of place because I'm I'm, I'm an ER surgeon. Turns out he's a uh, Um, a serial killer. Is he? Yeah, I he's like a Jack it. the Ripper serial killer, okay. and that's why he's been put on the planet. The idea is the predators uh, put you on the planet, okay. then they hunt a bunch of you. Okay. But again, same thing. They forget that the most interesting character in a Predator movie is it's the predator. predator. The only one that ever, ever got that right was Alien versus Predator. Yeah. And I keep hoping they'll just go ahead and show the Predators as the good guys. And let's just see them. Let's just yeah. watch them. Give me, give me a Predator movie where the Predator goes to another planet and is outmatched. Well, that's the whole idea of AVP. The, the only thing that can, can stand up to the Predator is the alien, but, but like what Xenomorph, but yeah, at it's, the end it's, of the day, they're, like they're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I keep hoping, but the problem is that these, the Predator, the Shane Black movie that just came out a few weeks ago, as you'll watch, and I'm sorry, <laughs> is an 80s film. They're attempting to make an 80s film. Yeah. Um, I, I can And it doesn't do it as well that. as these 80s films. No, you know? well, I mean, but, you can't shoot an 80s film in 2018 and no. have it be as perfect of an 80s no. film as well, an 80s a, film. Well, it's is. a self-aware 80s film, but yeah. okay. But, well, okay, so, so so overall, so okay. let's look at these movies together. Right. Okay. So we're seeing these what, two as a continuation uh, of a story. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, these two movies as a whole, as eighties movies, how do they, like? What do you think? Like, how do you rate them? I don't, I don't care about stars, but like, are they good? Are they bad? I mean, they're good movies. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're still good movies. They were good movies when they came out, and absolutely. Well, they're well, well Predator Two got a lot of shitty reviews, but okay, whatever. Yeah. You know what? It it may not be. It's never going to be viewed the same way that the original one because the original mm-hmm. is an original idea the sequel is a sequel yeah it's just Fair it's never going to be the same yeah. and well tonally they may not hold up to you know modern standards they're still yeah just, just the way people characters are treated and exactly. women are treated people of color are treated yeah absolutely they they're still fun movies to watch you know what i i watched these I actively watched them. I tried to pay attention. I tried to focus on <laughs> well, themes. Well, good. You're doing pretty, you, you, for the podcast. I hope so. But yeah, yeah, but they're and, they're engaging. I think is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and even if you aren't going into it for that, watching it in 2018 as somebody who may have never seen these movies yeah. before, if you want to go in and watch it for thematic, you know, artistic, and uh, yeah. different design, well, they're you can films, but they're absolutely yeah. get those. The first out one's it. really well filmed. It is. It's yeah, really well so. filmed. They're both beautiful, beautiful movies. Yeah. But if you all, at the same time, if you go into it just saying, "I want to see things blow up," you're going to get that. Oh, yeah. You're going to get yeah. what you want out of this film again. Yeah. And that's what it is for me. Is that I, I like the first one a lot more than I did as a kid. Mm. I like the second one a lot less than I did as a kid. Yeah. But they all come out as sort of three out of fives. Yeah. My issue is the to- again the toxic masculinity, the yeah. the, the cons, the macho bullshit, yeah. the foul language, 
after a while, it's like, okay, I get it. Move on. The, that stuff I don't like. No. But I like the, I like the ideas of these films as much as the films, I think. Yeah. But I, you know, I still think they're worth watching. I so, agree with you 100%. So, they're, they're not perfect, yeah. but they're still good. They're still there, yeah. So um, I'm now going to stalk you with my heat vision oh, and... And uh, yeah, and then I promised to mount your uh, your skull on my wall, and it was nice having you as a co-host. Yeah, well. So there it is, Predator 1 and 2, and we'll see you next time on We Came From the 80s. Bye, everybody.